All right, guys, I'm back live. Don't know how long that's going to be for. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I apologize. Right, welcome again. I have this listed as part two uh, for today. We'll see what happens. Uh, show this out, show this out, show this out. For those of you who uh, hop back on, it's now four o'clock, which is normally when I go live. Um, so if you if you see the other one that's there and it says class number 41, uh, and then you all of a sudden see that I'm live again, that's because I had to take time. Uh, I had to jump off air because uh, my mother was trying to escape. Uh, have her now sitting down watching television. I changed the channel and got her on something else. I don't know how long that's going to last. So I took her away her purse and her coat. <laughs> uh, so uh, so now I'm back. So for those of you, I'm sure you guys all uh, took off. And um, what's going on here? Having trouble streaming to Facebook now. Oh, look at that. Right, we're having trouble streaming to Facebook. It's telling me this on the air because Facebook, uh, this may be an issue on Facebook's end. It's possible that the stream was ended or deleted from Facebook. Wow, okay, so what's going on here? So it's actually telling me that on two of the groups, and maybe everybody, I may not be able to go live. Let me uh see what I can do about that and see if it is actually live. So if you're on there right now, tell me where I'm live, because according to StreamYard, Facebook is having issues with me being live. For some reason, it's not letting me go back live on uh, the channel. So say hello if you're in the chat. I'll figure out where I am live, uh, back live. So I apologize for having to go off the air. Like I said, my mother uh, decided that she was going to hot foot it out the front door. <laughs> Uh, so let's see, is the show that I'm live here? No, it doesn't. So I'm not live on Orion Rising, but I was supposed to be. So let's see what's going on there. I'll see if I can uh, refresh the screen and see if it is, because for some reason that seems to do that and I have to refresh the screen. Um, but it doesn't look like I'm currently live there. Um, maybe I am. I don't know. I can't tell. So that's weird that uh, all of a sudden, now that I tried to go live, maybe they have some timer on when you go live, if you go off air to come back on and they don't let you do that like right away. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Um, but I am back live. It looks like on returning to the old ways, right? It looks like somebody's here. So uh, say hello if you're here in the chat. So I know that you're here. Um, I'm not quite sure why it's saying I'm not live anywhere else. Um, we'll see what happens, right? So share this out. I apologize for uh, having to get off air. Like I said, my mother decided she was going to escape. <laughs> and so if you were listening to me live before, you heard me trying to talk to her and trying to keep her from escaping. Um, not quite sure what was going on there. So share this out, share this out, share this out. And uh, I'll try to finish. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's literally saying that Orion Rising and um, maybe I can uh, remove it and then re-add it. Let's see what happens. Because it literally was saying I can't be live. And I'm oh, now, nope, it's trying to say I'm not live there still. So, yeah, I'm removing both returning to the old ways and um, I'll see if I can re-add them now. Let's see what happens if I try to add them, if it goes live there. Let's find out uh, if it will. But for whatever reason, Facebook was not allowing me to go live on both of those channels. So I'm only live on, but now it's doing it. I don't know what's going on, why that did that. Uh, so I apologize. Uh, literally, I was live on three different groups on Facebook, had to jump off because I had to go and, and uh, yeah, I know, Kari, it's, it's, you couldn't find it there because it was just telling me I couldn't go live. So I had to actually, that and the Orion Coalition of Light, uh, I had to actually end that broadcast and then reacquire them. And then it went live on both. 
So they're going to start. I don't know if it backtracks and starts from when I was actually live or if it goes live right then. So I apologize to anybody who and all you guys that left and had, you know, had to leave on. I had to, you know. Uh, yeah, see, now it's telling me the Orion Coalition of Light won't let me go live there. Same thing that it said before. So I'm not sure why. I'll just share it. That's fine. Um, maybe I'll try and go live on YouTube and see if it allows me to go live on YouTube because uh, it takes me freaking over an hour to post the video on YouTube. So I'll try that and see if it goes live there. And if it does, um, it, uh, then they're going to, you guys, if you do tune in and it's on YouTube and you, and, uh, I didn't play my intro and I didn't, and it, uh, there's a whole hour missing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Silly Facebook. Uh, I, I see it as opposition. Normally stuff like this doesn't happen. It, it's odd that my mother, uh, it's just too much caffeine. And that's usually what happens. If she has too much caffeine, she starts doing weird things. And I let her, I watched her drink like uh, 12 ounces of, of root beer that has caffeine in it. I let her have a little bit usually every day anyways. And she only usually drinks about an ounce or so. Um, I wasn't paying attention. And I watched her pick up her glass and like gulped it down. I'm like, Oh my God, she's going to be skirking. So then she got up and tried to escape. Uh, she's done that one other time while I was live. Uh, and so I took her purse away. And so she wouldn't see it out of sight, out of mind and her jacket out of sight, out of mind so that she would, then I got her to sit down and I turned on the television and now the news is on She's sitting there fiddling around. She's obviously has too much caffeine here, so I'm going to have to watch her. So it is possible. Then I may have to jump off of here again. And and we are live on Facebook on Ryan Rising and on Returning to the Old Ways and on YouTube because it wouldn't let me go live uh, on the other place for whatever reason, even though I was live. So that I look at that as some opposition right there. Um, right when you when you see that happen, uh, when you go live and you were just live, and then all of a sudden it doesn't let you go back live, there's an issue, <laughs> uh, right? And it coincides with exactly when I had to hop off the air because my mom, right? What what what's going on there? You know, yeah, literally right now it's saying that I'm I'm not. Oh wait a minute, no, nope, it does say uh, that I, I came on. No, that's three o three. So yeah, literally, even though it says I'm live on Orion Rising the page, I I can't find myself on Orion Rising the page. Isn't that weird? So I agree with you, Kari. It's not saying that I'm live, and it currently says I'm live there. Um, well, that's all right. I'll, if I have to, I'll share it from. Um, yeah, was live. Shows that I was live before, but it doesn't show that I am live now on there, but it says on StreamYard that I am live there. So I'll have to go and share it from, um, from returning to the old ways. Cause apparently that's the only place that I'm currently actually live, um, which is actually right here, right? Yeah. This says I'm live. So I'll, I'll share this. And this is saying I can send it in messenger, but can't share. Whoops. I had to do that. Um, so yeah, that's bizarre that it won't let me share it. So why is that? So now that's an issue, right? What is this? See, this opposition. I was talking about things that seem to be a little bit too accurate, I believe. And because of that, uh, I'm now it's not allowing me to share things out, um, which is bizarre, right? Let me see if there's a window that I can open here. I can copy the link. And do that. So I'm going to share it out to my own uh, homepage, uh, my my personal page uh, there. So it's on more than just one place on Facebook. Um, but it's a link to get over to that group. But still, I'm all right with that. Right. So I apologize, guys, for my mom deciding to do that. There's nothing I can do. And and 
um, she just walked over to the door and, and luckily there was a stool in the way and it slowed her down. And, and then, um, and then she was still tried to open the door and didn't realize she had to unlock it. And so I was able to get there and corral her and get her to come back and sit down. And the first time I did that, I thought she was going to sit down. She just, okay. And she started leaving again. So I got off air and then I got her to sit down and now she's watching television. Um, but I tried to get her to maybe I thought, okay, maybe she wants to take a shower and she's going out the front door instead of going to the shower. She didn't want to take a shower, so I sat her back down, and she tried to escape again. I got her stuff away from her and sat her down, and now she's watching TV. So it's, this is why I do my show now from here, because had I not, she did that one time when I was on air. That's why I stopped doing my show from my office. Um, luckily, my office window faces the, the front door, so I can see. But I had to get up and run out and, and go and catch her and bring her back in because she was taken off and had no idea where she was going. She just was taken off. So uh, welcome. If you came back, please share this out, share this out, share this out. Now, obviously, nobody knows I'm live. And people who saw the first one were like, well, he was only live for an hour today. Well, most people are probably watching that and they're not going to come back and watch us live. Right. So um, I apologize for that business that would happen there. Is this the live one here? Yes, it is. Look at that. So let me come over here. I'm going to have to mute it. I don't know why. When uh, when you have the show muted and you and you pull it up on the screen, it automatically unmutes. It drives me crazy. Anybody that's trying to do stuff in studio. Okay, so why is all that important? Let's go back to if you were actually in the first hour, you heard me talking about manifestation and and that movie uh, Nefarious, and the whole purpose of that scene was to show us. And I didn't see the whole movie, so I don't know what else happened. But the girl who watched it, who was critiquing it, said it was a great movie and it was very awake, not woke. And it was telling truths and, and say, you know, from the perspective of a demon, but being honest uh, with us. And he's like, racism, you guys made that one up yourself. Uh, and uh, he's, and so that, that just that one scene alone, and I haven't seen the whole movie. I have to watch the whole movie because I would like to see what else happens in the movie. Uh, but however, uh, of course, um, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 37%. And all the people who watched it gave it a 97%. So Rotten Tomatoes is, is as an agenda. They're trying to tank the movie. Uh, and other people were too. Other critics are trying to tank the movie. Why? Because it's telling you the same shit that I was just telling you. And that's why I brought it up. Because they, 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 the, the way that they work, the modus operandi, the MO, modus operandi of uh, even the Orion Crusaders who are actually not on this planet anymore. Most people don't know that. And I, and, I, and I talk about the temporal war, and I'm afraid to do that as much as I would like to, because it scares people when you give them the current events. And then people shut down, they get all afraid, and they, and they try to run. So without helping manifest that, we at the Orion Coalition of Light, we, and, and not just us, but all the coalitions that are uh, of, uh, really, truly uh, put together by people that are either wanderers, walk-ins, or very awake, not people who claim to be awake that are not. And, and we'll, I'll get into that. I want to talk about that. I was talking about that with Cassie yesterday. Um, and there, there are some things that we hold back on purpose because only people that are actually awake will be able to answer certain questions uh, or say certain things. And, and we don't tell that to other people because they don't think of it and they won't do it. Because um, um, it's about, I don't know if you guys understand what high magic is when people talk about magic with a K instead of just magic with a C. 
there's that white magic that's the sleight of hand. And that is just the sleight of hand. That's that's mirrors and, and bells and whistles and distraction. So they're hiding things with their hands. I've done magic in my life, real magic and sleight of hand magic. Sleight of hand magic is literally anyone can learn it. Real magic, it takes a different kind of person. And then you have to choose whether or not you're in service to self or service to others without knowing it. We call that good or evil. And um, then you have light magic and dark magic, right? Black magic and white magic. Okay. And then a lot of people don't believe that even exists. Yet those same people are usually spiritual and they go to a church. And then their, their priests or, or a rabbi or whatever cast a spell uh, on them and everybody else while they're at their mass every single uh, Sunday. <laughs> and they call it a ritual, which is exactly what all the pagans call the exact same process but they say that's evil and they're the devil and demons for doing that but what we do is totally different um i literally uh, a friend of mine ha had a problem some of you might know about it but a friend of mine had a problem with a with a person uh who uh because of of how this person was talking this other person uh said oh no that person's got to be a witch or a wizard or somebody evil and the first thing they did was went and and, and got a spell a Hindu spell and cast it on the house that was supposed to protect. And I'm like, that's funny because you're, you're saying they're trying to cast a spell. And so the first thing that person did was ran out and got a spell. <laughs> but in that person's mind, it wasn't, you know, it, it was okay. See, and then they spelled it wrong and it was the wrong incantation. And I laughed and said, you should point this out to that person that the word they're using is not what they have written uh, and the spell they're casting is wrong. And here's the definition from, from the Hindu uh, language of what it is they're trying to say. So when I come up with stuff like that and I say it, I've researched it. When I talk about Zachariah Sitchin and his wrongful translation of the Anunnaki, I'm not the one who made that up. It's not a theory of mine. It's actual fact that all the scholars who actually know the language of the Mesopotamians will tell you he does not know what he was talking. Doesn't doesn't now he's dead. Did not know what he was talking about when he was trying to translate it. He was he didn't know the language at all, and he was trying to figure it out and teaching himself. And he and he took assumptions, and they are in fact wrong, right? So why is that important? That's all important because his wrongful translation then spawned Giorgio Sukalos, who had a narrative. To then change that translation from the God Anu came down to earth to those from the heavens, which right after that in 2012, from then until now in the last 11 years, those from the heavens became an entire species of people called the Anunnaki. Okay. And I've heard people on the internet now referring to Marduk who was the Mesopotamian god who destroyed his own grandmother because she killed uh, the uh, 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 the son, her own sons, because they killed their own father, her husband. Because he was angry with them because they were partying and they were loud and they weren't sleeping and he couldn't sleep. I didn't know that gods needed to have rest like a human to where partying and loud uh, noise bothered them because they couldn't go anywhere. So these gods were, what, everywhere all at once, and it was bothering the head god. And so anyways, that's all very 3D and a story for children, I might add. 
But now Marduk, who was the destroyer of, of Tiamat, who's not dead, but she's sleeping. And that was a, a theme that they did uh, all the way down through the ages, as a matter of fact. It meant ascension and, and immortality, and people don't realize that. Anyways, uh, so now all of a sudden I hear people calling Marduk, Marduk Anunnaki or Anunnaki Marduk. So not only has Anunnaki been added to the to the Mesopotamian pantheon of gods as a as a race, but now Marduk is all of a sudden being called by people Marduk Anunnaki or Anunnaki Marduk, saying that he is of that race or he is the Anunnaki. So that's how things morph and and turn into things. I've already stated that all of the earmarks for Elvis Presley is that he's going to be a god and a, and a religion in the next hundred years. It has all the earmarks. People already have been dressing like him for 70 or, well, not 70 years now, but for, for what is that, uh, uh, 60, 50 years. He died in the 70s, 77 or 78, I think he died. Uh, and people have been dressing like him uh, and uh, walking around like him, talking like him, acting like him and impersonating him. Uh, and some people literally have uh, more pictures of him and his paraphernalia in their house than you would see in a, in a devout Christian's house with Jesus. So it won't be too much longer. And it'll actually be a, if it already hasn't started as a religion that people don't know about, it's going to be a, a religion. And if it can persist in a, in a thousand years, if this earth is still here, they'll find this and they'll actually say that there was a religion called Elvis uh, that was on this planet. And everybody will believe that. Why is all this important? This is all important because your manifestation can become reality. If you know anything about, about the law of attraction, you know this to be true. This is being taught by all Almost every religion, or at least philosophical, spiritual uh, train of thought everywhere on the earth, and has been. It's just the Western Judeo-Christian religion doesn't teach personal power of any kind. And they haven't for a long time. They're just now starting to do this with a lot of the what they call evangelicals, especially here in the United States. And that's why there'll never be a, a pope from the United States of America, no matter how... Um, how uh, uh, holy they are. And it's the same thing with when the Dalai Lama, the current Dalai Lama, less than two years ago, was asked by a little girl if, if girls or women could become the Dalai Lama. His answer was, he smiled at her and said, tradition says that it's men, and then moved on. Okay, so he literally is supposed to be the most woke, spiritual being on the earth. And that annoyed me, not because I am a, a, you know, a progressive that thinks, well, yeah, you know, all genders and people should have whatever. There's 150 or 60 genders right now. And uh, and according to the that community, the, the you know what I mean? And there's going to be more. It's just going to continue to expand because everybody is, is taking on their own personal agenda and then saying that should be added to the list. Um, and I think it should until the until literally there's, uh, a, a, you know, over a billion genders. And then if people will just stop going, I can't remember which one you're supposed to be or who I'm supposed to call you what. So I'm, I apologize. And then people are just going to get tired of it, right? Just like anything else. And then people are going to have to just go back to, you know, being, okay, I, 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 I know what I am and I don't need you to verify that. And that's, the, that's what all everybody needs to do. It, you know, you don't, you know, if you're awake and if you're an adult, this, I teach this, 
if you find yourself saying I'm a grown ass and then you add man or woman after it or any, whatever you add after that, you're not, you're not. It's very simple. Okay. If you say or think to yourself, I'm a grown ass man, I'm a grown ass woman. You are not, you're a child because only children say that real adults, someone who is an actual adult does not feel the need to tell you no matter what you're saying to them. They don't feel the need to have to say that. Okay. So the truth is a grown ass man never would say that. And a grown ass woman would never say that. All right. So if you, so, so most, my point here is that most people are actually mentally under the age of 18. Most people are somewhere between 11 and 16. That's not a joke. That's not me making this up. It's an actual fact. And they think they're adults because their body is old. So therefore, I'm I'm an adult because legally on this earth, my body has been around long enough so that the laws of the land that I live in says that I'm adult. That doesn't make you an adult. Okay. And why does this have to, anything to do with manifestation? And you'll see as we go along, we'll finish that. Right. Because not realizing and being objective with yourself. You're just assuming you are something and you're claiming that you are something when you're not actually that. You think you are. The fact that you're thinking it should tell you that you're not. Because if you're listening to your, your mind and it's thinking, and you're listening to your ego, which is telling your mind what to think to you. That means you're associating with the mind or the ego and the flesh body. And that's what you're basing where you think you are spiritually or psychologically okay and that's actually wrong thinking and i remember when i first started contemplating that i was like well wait a minute are you telling me i'm supposed to just not think the hell and i didn't get the concept right until i started learning about meditation and how to meditate and how to quiet the mind and then uh oh i'm still there <laughs> wait a minute what i'm still there and so I'm not the thinking mind. I'm not the ego. I'm something else. What is that? And that's when you when you find that realization and you start chasing yourself and you stop listening to the mind and you stop listen, listening to the ego, even though they're going to be with you all the time uh, and they're going to continue to try and trap you in this place. Why is all this important? Because your manifestation is not from the thinking mind or the ego or this physical reality. Okay, it is not. And you need to be aware of that. But to be aware of that, you have to be aware that you are more than and outside of. And that's what is in my book that I'm writing is introducing people to. And in, in here, Raw says density all the time and then explains when they're talking about dimension, but doesn't use the word dimension, only density. And that's confusing but he was introducing they, I hear I go using a vernacular, I shouldn't. They were introducing the concept of density between 1981 and 1984. Why is that important? Because everyone hears 3D, but there's there's two Ds. There's, there's 3D and there's 3D. One is density and one is dimension. The dimension, if you ever watched any uh, television and you saw the, uh, the uh, Twilight Zone, uh, Rod Serling back in the day in the new show uses the same verbiage, only they have someone new saying the words. 
uh, from Rod Serling of, of a dimension of sight and sound. You can look up the word dimension. It's in my book. Uh, when it comes out, uh, you'll have the definition of what a dimension, a dimension is and what a density is. But I'll tell you right now, but you'll get the actual word broken down, both those words broken down from their origins and what they actually mean. But the dimension is a place. And we all know that. That's what everybody has already learned. And that's what science only wants you to teach, be taught. Dimension is this place, right? It is, it is the flesh body. It is what you think is reality, which is, in fact, an illusion. Okay, This is all, and this is what Ra is talking about right now. This is all going on in the mind of the creator. This is a daydream. You, me, everything, everyone is a construct that, and that's why I say a lot about Jeff Bridges when he was in the movie Tron, which came out in like 1982. And when he got taken out of our reality into the computer's reality by laser uh, uh, in the computer program, took him into the computer when he became conscious in there and looked around. The first thing he said is, oh, man, this is not happening. It only thinks it is. Not I only think this is happening. Not I only think this place is real. This is a dream. He never said or thought this is a dream state. He said this isn't happening. It thinks it's on. It only thinks it's happening. And they never explained that. And if you're awake, it's very esoteric. If you're awake, you got that. I didn't get it when I first saw it. I always like thought that was a weird choice of words. That must have meant something. And then as I got older and I started to understand it, I looked back and reflect on it and went, wow. <laughs> yes, see, I didn't know I didn't know the exact date, the 16th of August, 1977. I knew it was in 1977 when um when uh, uh, Elvis died, right? But I didn't know the exact uh, date uh, of that. Thank you, Peter. So, um, so literally, your manifestation counts because you are. Okay, Edgar Tolle, and I'm not sure how he says his name, whether it's Toll or Tolle. Uh, it's spelled T-O-L-L-E, and he's a German uh, gentleman, very, very awake. Writ, wrote, writ, <laughs> wrote several books. I have not read them, but I have um, seen him speak and watched videos on YouTube of him speaking and answering questions uh, for years. One of the things that he, that he said when someone asked him, um, what is the function, the purpose of this third dimensional reality? And his answer was, and this is not verbatim, it's not word for word. His answer was, God is becoming consciously aware of itself in this reality. Okay. And then uh, if you, if you go to the Hebrew religion, there's a rabbi and I don't remember his name, but he's very, very wise. And he was, uh, he, I talk about him a lot, having conversations with him where he is saying, speaking as God being the, you know, they always said the devil's advocate. He was being the God's advocate. He's talking as God talking about being objective and not subjective and the difference between the two, which I also put in my book, not but his conversation, but the definition of, of that, which he's not the only one talking about it, but he had made the comment when someone's asked the same question, what are we supposed to be doing here? What's our purpose? And he said, among other things like bettering 
the world and taking care of yourself along the way, but not getting stuck uh, only focusing on yourself because we do that a lot. And that's when we're stuck in 3D and we're focusing on ourselves in third dimension, in 3D, trying to get rich, popular, uh, you know, uh, all the things they want you to do to distract you away from any kind of spiritual uplifting. So they, they want to get you involved in trying to get rich, trying to uh, be a, a, some sort of influencer on a TikTok or whatever, or trying to be a sports star or whatever it is, move up in a corporate level, whatever it is that's 3D physical that has nothing to do with spirituality to keep you away from that. And, it, and then, literal, if you spend only your time taking care of yourself and you never do anything to help society in any way, you're also missing the mark. But what he did say was, as God, that I have created this place I have created this beautiful place as a house and you live in it. And your job is to make this a home so that I can come here. So literally the, the wise gurus or, or whatever you want to call the magi of the, of the Hebrew religion are saying the same thing that a non-denominational spiritual teacher, Edgar Tolle or Toll, is also teaching, and that goes across the board. I've also looked at the guys from the Sat Yogi Institute in South America, and um, they speak the exact same thing. So all these are three, you know, three different spiritual philosophical thoughts and ways of thinking. But yeah, and and, and been taught, you know, uh, Christianity and that as well, Western Judeo Christianity, and these thoughts are there. They just don't preach them to the people as much as they should. And you see people now coming out and saying that more often, um, talking about this. Why is all this important? Because your manifestation of yourself and who you are is very important to you as well as everyone around you and the all. And that's why the, if you look at the way things are being done to us, that literally they're trying to keep you from having any kind of self-esteem, seeing yourself as not as um, worthy of, of anything. And literally that's a problem. So creating hell, creating um, misinformation, disinformation, creating dissension, creating uh, all this, you know, you can't find anything on the internet that has any definitive answer. It's always a positive and negative. Uh, if you say the sky is blue, you're going to hear people tell you how it's not. Uh, if you say Jesus existed, you're going to have people are going to tell you how Jesus didn't. Uh, if you say Moses existed, they're going to tell you he didn't. So it doesn't matter what it is. They're, they're going to say, uh, and if we know in history for sure, like Mahatma Gandhi right now, we know existed. It probably won't be but a few more years, 20 or 30 years, and they'll start saying there's no definitive proof that Mahatma Gandhi existed. Right? So who knows what's going to happen there as time goes on. So it's important to know, uh, uh, you know, and think about what's going on and be aware of, of your manifestation. I was teaching this when I was 13. I'm going to be 56. When I was 13 and I said this, people looked at me like there was something wrong with me. When I talked about my energy, your energy, and how we interact with one another and how we see each other and what we project onto other people when you see somebody and they honk at you and you flip them off because they honked at you and then they flip you back off and now you guys are angry with each other you get what you put out they are actually responding to what you did you're responding to what they did and if you do that then then that's what happens 
So I, I don't, you know, I'm not that guy that will yell at you or flip you off. Uh, if, if something happens and uh, I'll go, Oh, you know, okay, whatever. And, uh, and then just watch. And I've said this many times, cause then what happens is the people will go, uh, down the road in front of you and they'll run into somebody just like them and they'll either crash into them or they'll be then chasing each other and knock each other off the road and you can drive on by. So instead of engaging, and that's part of what even Jesus was saying about turning the other cheek, instead of engaging in that, you don't need to, there's no reason to engage. Uh, you have to be in control of your of your uh, your own self. You have to choose to be angry, and you set these things up in your mind. You you already have this manifested in yourself that certain words are going to trigger me, and I'm going to get ballistic. I'm going to get angry when someone says whatever the word is that you've designed, and then they do the same thing for sex. Uh, you know, whatever, whether you're a man or a woman, they do the same thing with whatever your color is and they set you up and people tell you your, your own parents will tell you, don't ever let anybody talk to you like this and say these words. And then they start programming you without realizing that that's what they're doing. They're programming you to respond uh, violently to uh, certain things. And you don't even know why you're just a kid and you're just doing, cause they tell you to do that. And um, you know, I have a picture of uh, it's, it's actually not a real kid, but it looks like it. I have a picture of a kid um, standing with a Giants jersey on and his hat on backwards, standing in front of the clubhouse for the Los Angeles Dodgers and flipping them off with both of his fingers. And it's actually not a real person. It's actually one of those dolls that came out about 15 or 20 years ago that you could hang off of your shoulder. And it looked like you had a little kid in your arms that was sleeping and it was actually a doll. And people used to walk around with them just to be funny. Uh, and somebody took that doll and set set the doll down and uh, and made their fingers flipping off and set them in front of that and took a picture of them. When I first saw it, I laughed and went, oh, yeah, somebody's teaching their kid. And then I realized when I looked at the hands, oh, that's actually one of those dolls. Uh, but you have to really look closely. So at a first glance, most people are going to just see that and they're going to laugh about it. If you're a Giants fan from the San Francisco Bay Area in the United States in California, um, they always say duck the Fodgers. That way you don't cuss. You, they're changing the two first letters uh, from the words fuck the Dodgers, right? Duck the Fodgers. And they're rivals between because both of them came from originally came from New York. The Dodgers were in Brooklyn and the, and the Giants were as well. Um, they were both from New York and then they came out to California. Uh, so they've always been rivals since they were created. And then they were the first two teams in baseball in the state of California. So they're rivals to this day, uh, and they're in the same uh, league, so they always play against each other to see who goes to the World Series if they both get that far. So that was funny if you're a Giants fan, which I am a Giants fan, but I still realized, you know, they looked at that and said, that's indoctrination. They'd stand there having their kid do it, and then I realized it wasn't, but most people don't see that. And you manifest that, and by doing that, that propagates that whether you know it or not. And I've been trying to teach people this since I was a kid. And people would, would just say, you know, get out of here, kid. What the hell are you talking about? You don't even know what the hell you're talking about. You probably believe in them UFO things too, don't you? You know what I mean? Where are you from, boy? You know what I mean? Uh, and that's the truth. I, I literally, when I was like 13 years old, I started talking about how how we see each other and we make up a story. And this is a, and it, it's something that people do. And this is our manifestation. We see someone. And we have this, this uh, need to know or think we know about people. So when you look at a stranger, you make up a story in your mind of who you think they are, what you think they are, by how they're dressed, how they look, how they wear their hair, how they move, all of that stuff, what they're doing at the time. 
you make up the reality and that's that's imprinted on on your being here in this reality uh, because we are actually uh, creating and recreating this reality as we see it, hear it, taste it, smell it, and feel it. We're recreating it. So we make up in our minds every day the sky is blue. The trees have green leaves. What color green? We all have agreed on what color. So when we see the the, uh, the uh, world, when we look at it, this is viewer-created reality. It goes back, the idea of this goes back 5,000 years that we know of, that people talked about it even further back than that, that people talked about, that we actually have history of it now. The manifestation of everything that is happening is happening because we're all manifesting it, because we're all looking at the same reality. And wherever you are, you're holding that reality in place by looking at it and being in it. And everybody else is too. And then you look on a map and the map tells you, well, there's a forest over here. In your mind, you conjure up in your mind what a forest is. And so does everybody else. So whenever you look on a map, you do that. And whenever you're driving somewhere, you're doing that every moment. You have to be aware of that. And, and why is that important? Because we're also doing that about each other. And sometimes you're holding people uh, in a way by if everybody thinks something bad about somebody, then what happens is it manifests. And, and, and this is proven. You can look at this in history. If everybody is, is um, saying you know, evil things about one person, then what will happen is somebody will manifest the idea of going and killing that person. But if everybody wasn't yelling about that person and saying that person was this or that, then nothing before that happened. But when enough people say or think somebody needs to kill, say, Donald Trump, then somebody tried to kill Donald Trump. Same thing happened with Barack Obama. The same thing happened with George Bush Sr. and Jr. It happens with, with uh, a lot of people who are stars. And then people love to see people fail. So, uh, for instance, uh, in, in American football, when the New England Patriots were winning Super Bowls every year, people couldn't wait for them to fail. And they kept saying, I want them to die. I want them to fail. I want them to lose. Because that, they just win all the time. New York Yankees were the same way. Enough people manifested the New York Yankees not winning they haven't gone to the World Series and won the World Series in almost 20 years now. But they're the most winningest team in the history of American baseball for winning the World Series. And now they haven't gone there and won the World Series because so many people didn't want them to win that it manifested. You're not aware of this. But people like me pay attention to the trends of how people think and what they're screaming about. And everybody wanted the Patriots to lose. But then when Tom Brady left, everyone was angry because they cut him off the team. And then when he went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, everybody wanted him to go back and win the Super Bowl. And he did. But then after that, everybody wanted him to retire. So the next year, he didn't win the Super Bowl and he didn't do very good. And then he retired and he was on and off and on and off. So literally the people, the will of, of the people around the world were for him and then against him and then for him and then against him. And when those things happen... Certain things happened this year with the Golden State Warriors. They won the championship in basketball last year here in the in the from the state of California, from the city of Oakland, right next to the city of San Francisco. Or actually, they're in San Francisco now. I apologize. They used to be in Oakland. They're in San Francisco playing now, and um, and they went back and they were going in the playoffs. And everybody in the in the first, in the beginning, everybody wanted them to win. And then uh, they came back and won the first uh, round. And then in the next round, they were playing against the Los Angeles Lakers. And then everybody didn't want them to beat the Los Angeles Lakers, and they and they got skunked. 
by the Los Angeles Lakers and everybody in California wanted the Lakers to win. But then the Lakers went up against the Denver Nuggets and everybody in the nation didn't want any California team to win. And so they all were saying they wanted the Nuggets to win. And then in the, in the Lakers who were the hottest team, the number one team since the trade deadline going into the playoffs lost four games in a row to the Denver Nuggets. And everybody, you could say it's a coincidence, but the, but people like me who have been studying this for most of my life, I can't say all of it because when I was a little boy, you know, four or five, I wasn't aware of it. By the time I was 13, though, I was. And we were literally looking at this stuff in the world. And literally, this is what Raw is talking about. I know there's not very many of you in the audience left, and that's okay, because this is going out to the, to the ether. So Raw is literally talking about even your daydream. Even your daydreams are, in fact, are, in fact, a possibility of creating a real reality, either being able to manifest in your real world for you, or if it's something that is a, a, a new scenario that you're coming up with in your mind, it'll actually, it could actually, because it goes into the collective consciousness of the universe, that it could become a manifest as a reality, as a possibility, because it's never happened before. And that's what we're here to do is to literally create and, and affect one another to, to be able to create new and exciting scenarios for every possible scenario of existence that you could ever possibly have. That's literally what our purpose is to do. And that's what we're doing. Right. And this is what Raw is alluding to. And I know I probably lost a lot of you by talking about the stuff that I'm talking about, but that's all right. I've had a lot of opposition today and there and the opposition is trying to keep me off the air. <laughs> and it's because I'm telling you about your personal manifestation and how important that is to your entire psyche and your soul. So let's continue with Raw talking about it. Here, OK, six questioner. And then if say an entity daydreams strongly about battling, let us say another entity. Would this occur? Raw. I am raw. In this case, the entity's fantasy concerns the self and other self. This binds the thought form to the possibility slash probability complex connected with the self, which is the creator of this thought form. This then would increase the possibility slash probability of bringing this into third density occurrence. Do you see? So literally, you have to realize that your daydreams, so your thoughts, your thoughts can manifest into, into reality. And so, so knowing that changes what it is that you're trying to do, right? It's harder for, for you to manifest something for your own personal gain because of the, the law of, of, you know, uh, of creation, right? But you can manifest things for the betterment of the all. And even if you don't do that, know that things, that if you come up with scenarios that are brand new, that could actually be happening somewhere. In the universe. So we are a co-creator of this place and of our illusion or our reality, however you want to see it. Okay. And that's very important to know. So I wanted to spend some time and that's why I've tried to come back online today. I'm not going to stay on a long time just in case my mom tries to escape again, but I'm back now for almost 45 minutes since I got her to not escape after being on the air for an hour. <laughs> Right. And because of that, I don't have anybody on here today listening to me, which is OK. Not very many people, but I get more people 
That's why I went live on YouTube. Um, I don't know how many people are over there, if anybody is over there. Because when I do the chat, when I say something in the chat, right, like, like I say hello here uh, in the chat, it wasn't actually going live on YouTube. Now it is. So before it wasn't, right? So for those of you who are over there on YouTube uh, and you happen to be seeing me live, good for you. Uh, I wasn't going live on there and I was going to be uploading stuff to there instead of going live. Um, however, it takes over an hour to upload. I don't know why it used to not. And I have better high speed internet now than I have, than I have ever had. And I used to be able to upload an entire um, episode. I mean, it would take only about, you know, maybe 10 minutes and then it would be working on site by Google or by, um, sorry, by on YouTube. Uh, and um, now it doesn't do that. It actually makes you keep the window open on your computer and tells you that it, that you literally have to keep this open the entire time, uh, and otherwise it doesn't upload. So they keep you online on their channel. Before you didn't have to do that. You could start uploading it, and it would be done, and it would process on its own there. And now they're now they're passing that on to you. Uh, so I think they're doing that because they want you to go live. Because when you go live, it's instant. But when you but when you uh, try to upload it, they're penalizing you now. And they didn't do that for the first. Uh, you know, I was on YouTube going back to like 2008 or 2012, definitely 2012. I was on YouTube already. I was doing my book, which they deleted uh, of uh, prepping, which I might get back to doing some of that stuff too. I don't know, right? Because that's the part of of uh, you know there is that part of reality that they've taken away from you, even though that's the survivability of this planet. Most people don't know that. And I wrote a book about it and most people don't want to know about it. And, 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 but then when something happens like COVID, people start shitting themselves and all of a sudden I become popular because people are like, so you got guns and, and ammo and food, right? I'm like, wait, you know, you didn't be, you weren't doing this for yourself and didn't want to have any part of that a minute ago. Now when the things might be dangerous, all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden you want to know what I know, right? So really, so they're, so they're saying that they're, they're, I'm live on YouTube, but you can't hear me on YouTube. Really? Let me mute my mic and unmute that changes. So we'll see if that changes. So, so I'm live on YouTube, but you can't hear it. I'm going to have to go to YouTube and find out what is going on. Talk about opposition today. Wow, guys. Wow, opposition today. Right. Everything was going fine until all of a sudden my mother decided she needed to escape. And now I can't go live anywhere. And I'm having this issue. All right. It says I'm live right here. I'm going to click on it and see if I can hear myself at all. Oh, I can hear it. I can hear myself, Pete. I don't know what's going on with you, but I, I just literally. See, so I'm sure you guys heard that. Right. Maybe you didn't. <laughs> but it might have picked up on the mic. So it's, it's actually saying, so I don't know why you couldn't, but I know I'm live there and people can hear me. <laughs> right. I don't know if anybody's live on there. There's two people on there. I'm one of them. So it's probably you and I, Peter, <laughs> on YouTube trying to see me on there. Um, so yeah, Peter's there. Now you can hear me. So maybe it was that you couldn't before and I muted and unmuted my microphone. Uh, and maybe that changed it. Don't ask me what's going on. Uh, because it, it said I couldn't go live on Orion Rising and I couldn't go live on uh, Orion Coalition of Light the second time I went live. I, I turned those, I jumped out of there and, and then reacquired them and it went live on Orion Rising, but it wouldn't go live on uh, the Orion Coalition of Light. So I went ahead to YouTube and I didn't know that it was dead air. So anybody who was there earlier probably left because they couldn't hear me and they were like, what the hell? It's dead air. This guy's a moron. So opposition is running wild today. 
running wild today, right? I, I, I don't know why, but they are going after me today. My algorithm uh, skills have faded today and in opposition with my mother trying to escape and now, and then me trying to go back live. I, and who knows, maybe Facebook has some sort of thing that if you go live, you can't go back live for a couple of minutes. Maybe that's what the problem was. I don't know. Um, I've never had that issue before. Okay. So let's continue. So literally we're talking about the possibility that your daydream can become a reality that has to do with your manifestation. They know this. And when I say they, I'm talking about the powers that should not be people that are in service to self that are collectively trying to make you believe there's more of them on the planet than there are of you. And they're not, there's less than, there's about 10%, 10 to 14% of the entire population of this earth is in service to self. But of that 14%, 1% of them owns 99% of all wealth on this earth. That means land, governments, businesses, churches, everything. Okay? And they have their hands controlling everything because they own all the media companies. They own literally every form of media, every platform. Radio, television, blogs, uh, podcasts, internet. Uh, everything, every kind of communication, they own the, those networks. So they control them. So it's so they make it look like the appearance. I asked my nephew, who's literally 20 or 21 now, how many people on this planet, what percentage of people on this planet do you believe is evil? And he said, oh, probably 60%. So, so that generation that is between whatever, you know, zero and, and 21, their, their ideology is, oh, my God, yeah, there's more evil people than there are good because they control everything that you see. So they only show you their narrative, what they want you to believe. So getting back to what I was talking about in the first segment before I had to get off the air for a few minutes, uh, Nefarious, the movie, the demon. Here's a demon that's supposed to be a guy possessed by a demon from hell, and he's giving us a more objective look at our reality than, than uh, people here even do. Do you see? Do you see my point? That's insane to think about. That's insane to think about that people here, and he even said that. So he was like, I have said many times that, you know, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was not to get you to think that he didn't exist because we're talking about him. So obviously that didn't work. So the greatest trick the devil ever got you to pull was for everybody here. He even said that. We desensitized you. This is the demon talking in that movie. We dis you, By owning all of your media, he said this. This is another reason why they were trying to downplay the movie and say the movie was crap and no one want, didn't want anybody to go see it. It's telling the truth because we, we being evil, have desensitized you all, all to the point where evil is right in front of your face and you don't care. You don't care. Okay. And so they can't, they're literally by using the idea of a demon bragging about it, saying you're done, you guys have already lost, you don't know it. And so people that are, that are not quite awake, that would be religious, you know, would say, oh my God, we can't let that be on the air because the demon is taunting us and blaming us for it. And, and it's a mind screw, you know, it's a gaslight from a demon. So we got to poo poo this. Because they're not really awake enough to actually see what this person is objectively telling us, telling us the truth about ourselves. Okay? And so the writer of that movie was doing just that and using the demon to do it. 
the, this character actor, or this actor playing the character of a of a possessed man by a demon, and the demon was 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 literally taunting the human race, saying, "You fuck, you did most of this to yourself, bro." And you know these things to be true because you can find them, but you just don't want to admit them to yourself. 40 million slaves, and that's a very low estimate. It's actual. You can look that up. So when everybody says, oh, you know, we've abolished slavery. No, no, not even in this country. There are sex slaves and slaves in this country. It's just not, you know, everybody isn't walking down the street with chains around somebody's neck like they used to do 200 years ago. Okay. How many of those people that are coming across the border that are illegal are, are coming over here and having uh, and having to work off their money that they owe the people who brought them here and they're coming in here and they're being slaves. You, we call that indentured servitude so that it doesn't sound like slavery. But what it means is that you work for them for free and they might give you room and board so you don't die. And then a lot of times they turn you out and you become a sex slave. And they do that to many people. And then people want to hide their head in the sand and say that's not real and that's not really happening. When the truth is, it is. It is. If you're being objective and not subjective and not hiding yourself from reality and pretending that things are okay, even though that you look around and you say, but evil people are in charge and there's evil everywhere. However, there's no slavery. There's no sex slaves and and uh, the number one de- thing uh, for teens to die from uh, in this in the United States is gunshots. And that's the biggest lie I've ever heard. That's the best devil, trick the devil ever pulled. Because literally the number one cause of death in the United States currently for anyone from the age of, of three to, to 30 is fentanyl. It's fentanyl overdose. It's literally killing more people in this country than cancer killing more people than cigarettes, killing more people than alcoholism. And they, they want you to believe, though, that guns kill more people when the average amount of people, there's 380 million registered Americans. There's probably 450 uh, people living in the United States, 450 million people living in the United States. And out of those 450 million people every year, 18,000 people get killed by a weapon, by a gun, not by a weapon, by a gun. In that same time period, 50,000 people get uh, pummeled with a hammer and die. 32,000 people get stabbed to death with a knife. But they tell you that guns are the most violent thing and need to be taken out of the hands of the people. Why is that? 57,000 people die in car accidents in the United States. 57,000. 62,000 people commit suicide in the United States every year. 275,000 people die from cancer in the United States every year. 250,000 people die from tobacco-related illness. Another 220,000 people die from alcohol-related illnesses. Just in those three things I told you, is three-quarters of a million people die every year from just those three. And 18,000 people die from a gunshot. And every politician and every news agency is telling you that the one thing we need to go after is guns. But they'll sell you alcohol and cigarettes until you die from some illness because of it. And sugar until you die from it. 
you know, now let you take all kinds of drugs that the federal government is bringing into the country and getting paid for. Because you honestly think that some drug cartel, some mafia boss in in Mexico or Central America is going to be able to take on the entire United States government and the, all of their resources that can fight off anyone in the world in a military conflict. But we can't stop few Mexicans from running across the border with a bunch of fentanyl that were they're given and killing our children. You really think that that's why that's happening and how that's happening? It's because they're allowing it, guys. Haven't you been paying attention to the different movies where people were outing the government and saying, uh, they, hey, the CIA has been the ones bringing the dope into this country for 50 years since they were invented? Okay. And, and then you go, that's a conspiracy theory. Oh, okay. So you'll believe that some drug lord in Central America with 100 troops is able to bypass the entire federal government of the United States' military, police force, a secret service, DEA, customs agents, sheriff's departments, and a bunch of citizens that are paying attention to bring drugs into the United States and no one notices it. And then they're selling them to everybody and nobody's in on it because nobody notices it and they can't bust them. Oh, they bust them all the time. Sure. And yet, you see a bunch of, of drugs that they bust on television and yet fentanyl is killing more than a hundred thousand people a year in the United States of America currently. Okay. Oh, well, COVID killed more than that. Oh, okay. So that's okay then. Right. So it's okay because they listed everybody that died of any disease as COVID for three years. And then all of a sudden, nobody started dying from COVID anymore. But everybody, all of a sudden, the flu started killing people again, and so did cancer again, and so did leukemia again. Everything else that was not being listed as something that they died from during COVID, look it up. Go to the places where they were quoting the numbers from, the CDC and, and uh, John Hopkins University. Go to those places where they were telling you were, were the ones counting the numbers of what was going on and look at the numbers pre-COVID during COVID and post COVID. And you'll find that all of a sudden nobody was dying from anything in the United States of America, except for COVID. And then the COVID went away and now nobody's dying from COVID. And all of a sudden it's gone back to normal and everybody's dying from all the shit they were dying from before. It's not weird. Nobody talks about that. Why is it? No one's talking about that. I'll tell you why. No one's talking about that because it's true. Oh, no, Leo, you're making that shit up. Look it up. Don't believe anything I'm saying. Look that shit up. Whatever country you're in currently, if you have access to look those things up, look them up in your country, and you're going to see that it was exactly the same thing going on in your country. Was, is, and will be. Why is that? How is that? Because the 1% of the population that is evil controls 99% of everything that is telling you anything and they own the land. They've all put themselves into that position. They got into the government and claimed that the government owns the land you live on. And they've done that in every country. And some of the countries you guys never had that in America, you used to be able to own the deed to the land that you were on. You can still do that. But when the government decides that they want you gone, they'll just come in and kill you. They'll just come in and move you. Condemn your property. Take it from you. Because they need it for something else. 
That's how it works in this country. Don't know about yours. If you're in England, you don't own anything. If you're in the United Kingdom, you don't own anything. The kingdom owns everything. You ask, they'll tell you. You've never owned anything. If you think you own the land and the house you live in, you'll find out quickly that you don't own that land at all. You might own that house, but you don't own the land. Never have. That's the king's land. Now it's the king, not the queen. That's the king's land. Right? That's why America uh, went up against them. But that whole thing was probably a plot, too. Right? It's That's why they tell you the experiment that was America. I should tell you something. Experiment. Like freedom's an experiment in their minds. Okay. So literally your manifestation. Okay? Me even saying that to you right there. All that stuff that I was saying is negative. All those things that I was saying was pointing out what they want to propagate. So if you start believing everything I just said, you're actually going to be giving them more power. That's the reason why I said it. So anybody who left during that, they'll not know the answer to this. Okay. This is why we don't talk about prophecy where some people want to scare you and sell books. And so they'll give you all this prophecy and tell you negative shit. Because if I tell you utopian shit, you're going to go, you're full of shit. But if I tell you, you're going to fucking die. Everyone's going to die. You're going to read that fucking book. You're going to read that book, every page of it, and look it up and believe it. And that's going to help manifest that into reality. And that's what they're doing. And that's what they've done because they know what Raw is teaching. They know that manifestation works. They can't do it. So the only thing they can do is manipulate the reality by taking control of it and then manipulating you. That's how they've usurped. That's how they've gotten around your free will and taken it from you. It's by not allowing you to know that you have it and then eradicating everything from your teachings, your learnings that are telling you that you count and that your manifestation is real. Viewer created reality is real and why that's real and how that's real. They can't have you knowing any of that because the second you know that you're free. Because when you realize it and you actually get it, you understand it, then you go what I think matters. Because I am not just a construct. But they want you to believe that you're only flesh and that all your thoughts are someplace in the brain. I'm literally reading the holographic universe, which is talking about uh, everything being a hologram. So they're proving that everything is, is not, in fact, real. And they're at the same time, they're trying to prove that it's just a, a, a function of the brain and the cerebral cortex that is creating this illusion. But they can't tell you why. Or even how. But they can say that uh, that literally when they go to the cerebral cortex or the visual cortex, uh, that they, no matter how much of it they chop out, if they have 10% of the visual cortex left, people can still do these, these, these uh, uh, things, complicated tasks, and still can manifest the idea of distance and, and maneuverability and things in their mind. So literally, they're like oh, we're chopping up, uh, you know, um, crows' brains and mice's brains, and I'm sure they did to humans, but they're not telling you about that to see how far that goes. And and uh, when they did it, it it literally proved, and they, they wrote a book about it. There's a book that I'm reading about that. It was published a, a few times over. I don't remember the last time, but I think it was in the 90s. And they're literally talking about reality. This was based all all science now. The reason why I'm reading it is because scientists now are using these and, and furthering these theories that have been coming down the pike. And uh, and they're literally 
starting to realize by proving this that our reality is a lot like a computer program, like AI. It's freaking them out because they believe that reality is everything that is. And those of us who are spiritual say from the beginning, thousands of years ago, Lao Tzu from 634 BCE said this was an illusion. So did the Buddha at the same time in, in China. That's just two examples. Jesus, 635 years later, said the same thing. Well, he was older. So it was by the time he was in his 30s. So it was probably 660, uh, uh, one or two years. <laughs> or 657 uh, uh, years later, was teaching the same thing. But he couldn't have read. He might have been able to read the Buddha. But he, I don't think they had Lao Tzu stuff out yet. Uh, but they might have. So he could have read that stuff and it could have had an effect on him. But but no one knows for certain whether he went to India or, or not. But there's, there's reason to believe that he traveled the world when he went missing. He was gone for a while. He was traveling the world, learning uh, all of this stuff. So some people say Jesus wasn't real and he just learned shit. He was just regurgitating it. Uh, none of that's actually important. That's what you need to realize. That a third dimensional ideology like that is not actually important. Right? Yeah, see, Peter's saying that's the same in Ireland where the, uh, the, the, the the drugs were killing people, right? Same thing, the fentanyl, I'm sure you have the same problem, right? So that's being shipped in. Now, so so our supposed to be our enemy, let's go back to that real quick and, and think about this, the manifestation of this. It's supposed to be coming from China, going all the way around the world. Weird thing that the Chinese are able to get their their drugs that they're trying to kill all the countries that are that they are, see is in their way, the people, and they're able to infiltrate every country, England, Ireland, America, Canada, Sweden, Germany, Finland, every country on the planet. And for some reason, China is able to give their drugs to certain people that are considered cartel and drug dealers in all of these countries and they're able to network them into the population and kill people. Yet the Chinese can't invade those countries and take them over with their military. Why not? Uh, the Mexicans couldn't come over here and take over. The Chinese couldn't come over here and take over or they're not doing it. But yet for some reason, there's this ability for them to get all of these drugs to the people to kill the people that are in there. Isn't that weird? How is it that they can do this all over the world, but yet they're not taking over the world? But everybody in these governments are telling you the big bad Chinese are going to try and take us over, or the Russians. Yet, they, but when they attack physically, the Russians are attacking the, the Ukrainians, and, they, and all of a sudden that's a deadlock and people are dying. And, of course, they're both lying about how many people have died. And, you know, all this money and, and, and conventional weapons are going in there and fighting that war. But yet I'll bet fentanyl still getting in there to the front lines. And I'll bet troops are dying of fentanyl, too. What, how is that possible? The only way that's possible is Occam's razor. If you know what Occam's razor is, the only reason that that, 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 that happens is because whatever is the most logical course of action for that to have happened 99% of the time is true. That's what Occam's razor is. All things being equal. If a, if a woman gets killed and her husband was anywhere near, there's a good possibility if you think the husband did it, he did it. It's just a matter of finding it out. Okay? 
and that's why they immediately go after like if my mom's found dead they're going to go after me because i'm i'm the one that has the the opportunity i'm here so they're going to assume i killed my mother until they can prove that i did not same thing if if i have a wife and she dies and i call and say i found my wife dead they're going to assume i did it until they can prove i otherwise because of Occam's razor okay so how are these people getting these drugs into the united states or your country without your country's government military secret service police force being able to stop them the only way that can happen if you're a free and sovereign nation and no other nation can invade you and doesn't invade you but drug addicts and drug dealers can get their drug to your personnel to your kids and kill them with it and your government says there's nothing we can do about it we're trying we have a drug czar whose job is to fight the drug dealers we did here in the United States, too, and a, and a man uh, blew the whistle on that by the name of Michael Levin. And he was a DEA agent. That's a drug enforcement agency uh, agent for the for the federal government of the United States, the federal secret service agent. And he was undercover in Bolivia and Bogota and a few other places. And he literally wrote a book about it in the 80s here in the United States or the 90s, I don't remember which. I was in college, so it might have been the 90s. Yeah, it, it was because I wrote a paper using his information and, and actually had it stolen from me and turned into a documentary on the History Channel called Who Watches the Watchers? That was my, my, uh, my final or my, or my midterm paper in my government class when I was in college, and that was the title of it. I used to have the actual paper to show people, but that was in my briefcase on my yacht that – the skipper I gave my yacht to uh, took from me and never gave to me. He probably threw it away. He probably he probably just ch pitched shit out. But I had that um, uh, from my government class that was literally entitled "Who Watches the Watchers" and that had, did not exist. And you can look up History Channel's "Who Watches the Watchers" and uh, see when it was created. It was created after 1991 <laughs> when I was in college and wrote that paper. So my point of this is that. Your governments are complacent. Your governments are, are getting money, getting payoffs, and assisting the drugs that are killing your people, and you don't know about it. Because that's the most obvious and only answer that could be happening. Because if America is supposed to be the greatest country in the world, which it's not, but if America is supposed to be the most secure with this, all this military and all these secret service agents and all this uh, money and, 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 you know, we could stop anybody from doing anything and, and uh, you know, find people when they go bad or murderers or whatever. All of a sudden, when they focus on that shit and it gets on television, then they find the culprit. That's why they don't find and they show you every now and then. So you think, well, look, we busted, a, you know, a thousand pills, 10,000 pills of fentanyl. Right, they busted 10,000 pills of fentanyl on that same day, a million pills of fentanyl came across the board. Do you see my point? So they give you a bone so that you think that they're doing something because some people are actually trying. Okay? Some people are actually trying to do good. And this is my point. My point here is that, that you need to realize that your manifestation when it comes to things is important because literally because of, hold on a second. I'm trying to pull up my other screen. I knew it was going to put the sound on. Okay. 
So literally because what you think does count and is important. Why do I say that? Because if I tell you nothing but negative things and you focus only on those negative things, then you're going to help manifest those. So even, even trying to out the bad people for what they're doing, like I've done now for the last hour, trying to out them to you to show you reality. And that if you believe it and that's what you run with because you believe that, then you're going to help manifest that with your panic and your negativity. Okay. So this is one of the reasons why I try with a grain of salt to give you this information because literally raw is telling us right here about manifestation that your daydreams will create reality either for you or for the all. Not 100%, but it could. That's just your daydream. So what about your conscious mind holding a thought? Do you see? So when I say to people, well, you know, this planet lost the first temporal war. People, I watch them get scared like little kids. And I'm like, well, but they lost the second temporal war. Most people don't even know what that is when I say temporal war. But they lost the second temporal war. They, we lost the first or we lost the first temporal war on this earth. You guys did. I wasn't here then. And then we got here and won. And now it's the mop up. It's hard for me to tell you that without telling you what happened. And in telling you what happened, because if you're uh, still kind of asleep to where you're going to manifest the negative, then if I tell you the negative, you're going to lock onto that negative and you're going to say, yeah, and then he said that the war is already over, but I don't believe that because I'm looking around at reality. And that's what happens. All the truths we cling to are directly related or, or greatly dependent on a certain point of view, yours. Okay. So, so that literally you have to realize that that's why there's people out there teaching you about law of attraction and manifestation. And I've been teaching that my entire life. I can't say entire life again, because when I was three or four, I wasn't doing it. But by the time I was 13, I actually realized what manifestation was and our energy and how we manifest what we think about other people and how we react to them. And so I react accordingly. I, I don't judge people in any way. I try not to. Right. I get annoyed with some things. And like I said, at the beginning of the show, when I was on the air the first time before I had to jump off for a while, um, you know, that sometimes people uh, with their hypocrisy, when they'll tell everybody, none of you people can post anything uh, advertising your shit in this group. But you're happy to be in this group where we're all here contributing to the all. And then if you look at the top, they're promoting their self and their book. Or their shit. And you guys know. That is, I'm talking about one specific group, but it's but you guys all out there listening, you know some group that's doing exactly the same thing. There's somebody who's telling you you can't do something, but they're doing it. But they're trying to tell you that they're awake and that they have this space that is for people who are awake, not woke, but awake. And we're all here to help the all. By the way, buy my book. By the way, buy my book. If I'm going to sell you my book on my show, which I'm doing because if you watch my show, you look at my logo, that's literally the cover of my book, one of them. I'm not going to lie to you and, and tell you that that's not what I'm doing, right? Yes, well, there, there was other people here before, uh, Cassie, but my mother tried to escape and wouldn't sit down, so I had to go off the air. And then when I came back on the air, um, Facebook wasn't allowing me to go live. <laughs> 
and I finally got back live. And by the time I got back live, uh, everybody was gone. It took me about 20 minutes to get my mom to sit down and another 15 minutes to get live. So now there's only a couple people here. <laughs> um, so I, I get that. There was a lot of opposition today uh, against me. And I thought that was weird that my mother tried to escape and I had to go off the air. And then when I tried to get back on the air, all of a sudden, uh, Facebook would only let me go live on one place, which I've now turned into two places. Uh, and then I went live on um, on YouTube as well. Um, so there's only there's only a few of you guys here right now. And that's okay. Uh, if there's only one person that's here, even if I'm preaching to the choir, if there's nobody here, I'm talking to myself. I get more people that watch this or listen to this on the MP3 file around the world than are live on Facebook. Uh, but I still go live on Facebook because I don't want to pay all these other platforms to go live yet. I already pay for my mp3 broadcast i pay 160 dollars a year for that to be on the air and i pay fucking uh stream yard 130 dollars for a year to do this show <laughs> so i'm not going to pay youtube and i'm not going to pay facebook that's why i don't pay rumble either because i'm already paying two other outlets to do this not to mention paying for my internet <laughs> right i should write all this off and get tax breaks but i don't file uh any taxes right now because i'm on social security and I just don't have to because I'm I, all my money is tax money, right? So if you're they don't take any taxes out, right? So I don't have to worry about uh, paying taxes because they don't they don't charge me because I'm on I'm on government assistance, which if the Republicans get in charge in 2024 they'll try to take me off of it. <laughs> so anyways, so Raw's literally talking about your daydreams. And that your daydreams manifest and can. Don was asking him that. And he was saying, yes, that if you're in service to self or you're, you're trying to manifest something for yourself to even to better yourself, it'll happen specifically for you or give you the opportunity. So if you're thinking I'm going to be I'm going to get into a fight with my worst enemy, I know it, I just know it. And you start manifesting that you'll end up in a fight with him. Uh, same thing, and I've told you this for years about uh, people learning basketball, and they did a study. Uh, same thing with people who went to the city of Chicago, uh, and they were a prayer group. And uh, they went to the city of Chicago, and the city of Chicago every weekend has 30 or 40 uh, people that are that are shot, uh, not dead, not dying, but shot or, or violently attacked in that city. And they took, uh, like, I don't know how many it was, and it wasn't a lot. It was somewhere between 60 and 100 people. Uh, to the city on purpose together and they all prayed that nobody would get hurt and they did that for a weekend for a Friday Saturday and Sunday and believe it or not in that exact weekend that they did that without telling the world they were doing it nobody got hurt in Chicago in that time period them manifesting and praying or meditating whatever you want to call that positive intentions to not allow people to harm each other and that they wouldn't, and using their heart and love to, to say, no, don't do that. People didn't do it, so they came back again with less people to see, and they were doing it then again a different time with more people to see if there was a different effect, if it was further outlying or inlying, and whatever they focused on manifested when they got together and said, we don't want anybody in this city to die. So so the, the fact that everybody in the in those inner cities are manifesting that there's gang members and they're going to shoot people is making that more of a thing that's going to happen. Literally the way you think about someone you see is applying your energy and your intention for them to do what you're doing. 
It doesn't mean that you could force people with your intention to do things against their will. They have free will. But if enough people look at a guy and say, he's just a bum, that guy's a drug addict and a bum. And everybody that sees him says that in their minds about that person. And they talk about him behind his back. He's a bum and he's a drug addict. Chances are that person is going to become a bum and a drug addict because they have nothing but negative energy trying to force them into being and manifest them. into. And if they start thinking to themselves, I'm just a useless person because you were told that over and over. Then you start manifesting it as well. That's why we talk about how it takes half of your life, the second half of your life to fix the things that they did to you. Society did to you in the first half, because if your parents or somebody in your life or a teacher or someone says you're useless and you're worthless long enough, you're going to believe that. Adolf Hitler literally said, if you want people to believe something, tell that lie and tell it often. And if you do that long enough and enough and you have other people help you, people will start to believe that lie. Adolf Hitler said that. So these people in the world that were evil, that did evil things, knew this and know it. That's why during Donald Trump's presidency, all news agencies said the word impeach and the word Trump more than 200 times an hour, 24 hours a day for six years. This is not me making this up. This is actual people who literally started realizing they were saying it a lot and they paid people to sit on every network and write down or they recorded it 24 hours a day and then started counting it. Why is that? Well, because we needed to impeach them. Well, you're going to think that because that's what they were telling you to think. And the reason they tried to impeach him is now being proven to be completely false and made up. Proven. But you don't know that if you are watching the same news agencies you were watching then. Do you see? Because most of them, if not all of them, are lying to you. Okay, look at Tucker Carlson, who just got fired from Fox. He literally came out and said... All news agencies are not telling you the truth. That means that Fox, who you guys all think, if you're if you're from that persuasion of the of the of religion, well, Fox is still on the air. They're the only people telling the truth. No, they're not. They're not telling you any other truth than than the lies that they're propagating. Both of them are the same people, owned by the same people, and they're telling you the lies they want you to know. Do you know what they're doing? The, they're propagating that you will not overthrow the government of the United States of America. And if you're in England, it's the same thing. Okay. The governmental systems on this earth are set up currently to ensure that they do not get overthrown by the civilian population. That's it. That is what their main purpose is. And they own, the same people who are backing the government, own all the media outlets, all of them, 100%. And they give you one dissenting vote or a couple of dissenting uh, uh, channels to keep you from overthrowing the government. If they took them all away, people would rise up. So they give you one or two. And then they use all the rest of of them to brainwash everybody who pays attention to them the way they want them to be brainwashed. 
because they know what manifestation is and they know how it works. And when I say this to you, it sounds foreign and it might be scary to you. And you would rather believe that I don't know what I'm talking about than to believe that the matrix is lying to you. That's the greatest trick the devil ever pulled. Raw's trying to warn you about that simply by answering the question about manifestation, about daydreams. So believe it or don't believe it. I would say you don't believe me and look into it yourself. I say this all the time. I'll say it every time. Look it up for yourself and read about it or watch videos or whatever it is that you need to do to, to, to get this stuff. Let's continue some more here with Raw. 16.57 questioner. Does the Orion group use this principle to create conditions brought about to suit their purpose? Ra, I am Ra. We will answer more specifically than the question. The Orion group uses daydreams of hostile or other negative vibratory natures to feedback or strengthen these thought forms. Okay, so I just spent 35 minutes telling you that. So if you think I just made that up, but you trust what Ra said. <laughs> Ra just literally said, what I spent giving you, I didn't give you all seven parables. I gave you four. Okay. I gave you seven parables saying what Raw said. So, or I'm sorry, four. And Raw gave you one. So that's five. I didn't spend the time to do seven this time. But in truth, I did. If you go back to when I was on the air before, I actually gave you two more there. <laughs> I count this stuff. You guys don't know it. But literally, Raw just said that. They use daydreams to solidify negative thoughts. 16.58 questioner, do they ever use any, shall I say, gratifications of the physical body to amplify such daydreams? Ra, I am Ra. They are able to do this only when there is a strong ability on the part of the receiving mind slash body slash spirit complex towards the perception of thought forms. Okay, so now again, this is why I said and brought this up, why it's important that even when I'm trying to tell you what it is that they're doing that's negative, then I have to be careful because it reinforces the negative thought processes in your mind. Literally, if you're aware of, and Rod just said that, if you're aware of the possibility of manifestation in the mind, but you're not paying attention to, to the fact that they're doing something negative and you're not aware of it, but because you're already aware that that intention is a thing they can use that against you without you knowing that they're doing it that's literally what roger said okay think about that think about that so the fact that you become you become aware of manifestation say you're learning about the law of attraction and you're, you're starting to become aware of the possibility of manifestation as a thing. Yet nobody has told you to be careful. This is why I'm probably going to redo the, the uh, um, defense against the dark arts. Because most of them were deleted. <laughs> Cassie, I think you said you found two of them. Uh, so maybe I should have to do that again. And if I do, maybe I'll have other people on besides just me. I don't know. But, I, but it needs to be done. Because if you're aware of the thing, but you're not aware that people can use that against you, it's like knowing that there's a Jedi mind trick, right? Because you're learning that you can Jedi mind trick somebody. 
because you know that knowledge and someone knows that about you, they can use that knowledge against you because you are aware that manifestation is a thing and you're thinking about or starting to practice manifestation. They can then utilize that to get into your head and have you manifest negative shit for them because you're not already aware of, of how to defend yourself. So when people are yelling and screaming, you know, the government's this and the government's that. And that's why I was saying that a little while ago. And then I don't tell you that I never do because I'm just trying to bark to you about what the government's doing. And I'm and I get far more hits when I just do that, by the way. I would have a thousand people on here live if all I was doing was was screaming about and proving that there's what the government's up to and they're doing bad shit. And they're ripping you off and they're all this and it's doomsday and they're trying to murder you and kill you. People would love to hear that because they manifest the negative first. We talked about that last week and I've said it many, many times in my teachings. So I'm not going to get into that whole thing and reiterate that and waste time. However, people that are on that side in that religion know that you don't. They do. And they use that to their advantage. So that's why when, when I say a lot of the things like uh, people that are talking about disclosure, the disclosure project about aliens and they're going around the world to all the alien cons and they're like, oh, they're teaching. Oh, I'm going to go watch because they're talking about the secret information the government doesn't want you to know about. Really? But the government's allowing them to get the permit to have the show and allowing them to put it on the air and allowing those people to sit there and talk about all these secret things that the government doesn't want you to know about. And you believe that the government's allowing that or not aware of it. You're aware of it. I'm aware of it. It's plastered all over the internet. How's the government not aware of it? Okay. Do you, do you see where I'm going with this? Okay. So you have these people out there. Now I'm not saying all of them are I'm not saying that, but there's a percentage that is. You don't know about it. And they're giving you the draconian ideology that the government wants to have out there or the cabal or whatever you want to call the deep state, whatever you want to call the people that are evil, that are that are the one percent that have ninety nine percent of all the wealth. You have to realize that. But if I say that like I just did. And then I don't teach you that you need to realize that, but not manifest it, you're going to manifest it. So even me telling you this right now is a, is a negative. So it becomes harder for people like us to try and get a point across to you guys without using negative uh, um, a manifestation. So to stay only positive is harder for us. That's why, and let me, let me apply this to a way that Ra explained it so that you would get it. That's why for people that are in service to self to graduate, they have to be 95 or 96 or 97 percent evil to to ascend to the fourth fourth density on the evil side. For someone who's in service to self, equally as hard for you is 51 percent. 51 percent. You need to be just over half in service to the to the world and that's hard it's just as hard as somebody who's evil who has to be 96 or 97 percent evil to graduate 
do you see? It's just as hard for them at 97% as it is for you at 51%. So it sounds like 51% is not really that hard. But it, but the truth is, it's harder for you at the 51%. It's actually equal. But it seems that it's less hard for you because you're at 51% and evil is at 96%. But it's but the, in truth, for them to be 96% is just as hard as you to be 51%. So that should tell you that even though you're that it's equal across the board, it's hard or harder because you're up against not only... They're just up against you not knowing. And they tell you all evil shit. And then they have to be evil themselves and do evil or shit. Okay? I am trying to warn you about their evil ways, which means I'm helping them manifest those by telling you about their evil ways. And then I'm trying to then convince you to not be that way. But the only way that can work is either I completely ignore them and teach you spirituality or I have to delve into what they're doing and scare you and try to pull you away from being afraid by empowering you. And that's more difficult than ignoring and pretending that evil is not even around and just teaching you good. But because of what they do and the way they do it, we just can't do that. Because you don't know about it. So if you don't know about it, you can't defend it. The first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. So if I don't tell you there's a trap or I try to convince you there's a trap without telling you that there's a trap and how it happened and why and who's doing it to you, you're not going to believe there's a trap. So how am I supposed to then convince you that you're in a trap without telling you about it? See, there's the catch-22. That's the dance. That's what. That's where free will comes into play. So we're aware of that. So I have to, They. that's why they have to tell you some truth with their lies. So for us to tell you the truth, we also have to tell you what their lies are. It's the only way it works. So we, on this side, have to figure out a way to balance that. And that's one of the things that I do and a lot of other people. But most people who are have good intentions are just yelling at you and telling you all the bad shit. And because of that, it scares you. You listen to it and you get angry and you get scared and you get angry because of what they're yelling about. And they're not giving you any solution. They're not showing you the way. That's why when Jesus got here, Jesus didn't talk about evil. The only thing Jesus ever did to show anybody anything was when he kicked over all the shit at the bazaar out in front of the mosque on Sunday. And there was a lesson to be learned in that. Everything else that Jesus and all other prophets did on this earth was ignore all evil and only teach you good. And those people will go down in history as, as very, very wise prophets. I'm not that person. I'm not those people. I don't intend to go down in history as a Jesus Christ or as a Mahatma Gandhi. I don't. That's not my job. But I do intend to inform everyone of what's going on and give you a positive and a way out. So I'm going to give you the same message they gave you, but I'm not going to do it in the way they did it because I don't plan on being crucified. 
Right? I don't plan on being strung up or killed for doing what I'm doing, which could happen anyways. But I'm not here to sacrifice myself for everybody. That's not the kind of angel that I am. That's not the kind of person that I am. That's not the being that I am. I'm not here to get myself killed to prove to you and become a martyr. Okay? So I'm going to be honest with you in a way that even they weren't being honest. I'm not saying that their way didn't work because it did. They're still talking about them 2,000 years ago. Okay. Right? Sundays aren't the same as when you were a kid. No. Because of mass media. The mass media has has changed things, Denise. They, they, they've changed your perception of, of reality by controlling that because they know they can and they know manifestation works. So they're in everything that they do, they're giving you this these little if you watch the programming on television. You're seeing the messages that they're trying to tell you. And people are making changes to this. Target just has, you know, announced that they were all, you know, proactive on this group that, I don't know the name of it, um, that is, they've been giving the money for over 10 years. And this group is, is here in the United States is literally working to get children to transition before the age of 11 and not, and they're hiding it from their parents. So they're trying to make it a, a thing to where kids can, and, you know, can do that. And I, I can't say whether I'm for or against that. Actually, I can. I'm kind of against that because I don't believe that anybody uh, that is in that age groups has an idea of, of what their sexuality is yet. It's rare that they know for sure. And, uh, and it's also uh, very rare that those who aren't sure, uh, you know, and think that they are one way or the other stay that way as they grow older. They experiment, and by the time they get into their 20s, they go, all right, I'm either this or I'm not. Some know at an earlier age, but they're trying to say that everybody should be, you know, quick, get them transitioned now. I don't agree with that. That's just like with abortion. I don't agree with abortion as a, pro, as a prophylactic. I don't. Do I think abortion should be outlawed? No, because there's a call for it and a need for it. But people, if they take my sound bites off of here at some point in the future, they won't tell you the part I'm saying now. They'll tell you only that first part and try and make it sound like that I'm this evil person that's anti-everything. That's what they do. That's what the news agencies does on, on every channel, every channel, no matter where you are in the world. They're, they're preaching to you one side or the other of the same religion. One side or the other of the same coin. Okay? And this is what Raw's talking about. And that's one of the reasons why Nobody's staying long enough to hear this on the show today. <laughs> Everybody's leaving because they're like, oh, he's just talking politics and all this shit that triggers everyone. Because you have decided or someone has decided for you that these things trigger you. Because that's what they're programming you to believe that if I say those words, that I'm automatically your enemy. Do you see? I'm picking a side. As soon as I say something about uh, politics, if you're if you have an R after your name or a D if you're in America, you both hate me. <laughs> you think I'm your enemy, and then the same thing goes for you know on the on the philosophical standpoint when it comes to race and sex because that's what they're teaching you to be divisive. You have to have a side. You have to have a side, and it's not. It's either you're for us or against us. It's not. You don't care. Oh, you you don't care because you're racist. That's why. <laughs> that's their answer to everything is that you're racist and that's what they're teaching everybody 
And so they're, they're making it. Why is that? Why is all that happening, Leo? All of this is happening because literally the changes that are happening in this world are making their way of life obsolete. And they're fighting as hard as they can to keep the status quo. They keep telling you they want to knock down all borders around the world. They want to have one world government. They do, but they want to have that one world government under their control, not the control of the people of this earth. And the people of this earth want to have one world government too, under the control of the people of this earth, not these representatives who represent us. And they don't want that. Okay. Hi, Penny. Welcome. They don't want that. So they're trying, they're pushing back harder and harder. The more that people are becoming spiritually active and aware, you're going to see that you literally are having these people in the, in the, around the world, locking down more and more control and consolidating more and more control. Raw has been warning about this the entire time. That's the underlining programming behind Raw's message. The underlining message behind Raw's message is and was and will be, look out, there's bad guys trying to take you over. Their modus operandi is gaslighting you. Using negative influence, negative manifestation, and negative energy to get into your head and to convince you that that up is down, down is up, black is white, white is black, all good is bad, and bad is good. And this is what Raw's talking about now. Let's continue because I'm hoping to get through this session today. This could be termed an unusual characteristic, but has indeed been a method used by Orion entities. 16.59 Questioner, the many wanderers coming to this planet now and in the recent past, are they subject to Orion thoughts? Ra, I am Ra. As we have said before, wanderers become completely the creature of third density in mind-slash-body complex. There is just as much chance of such influence to a wanderer entity as to a mind-slash-body-slash-spirit complex of this planetary sphere. Do you see, this is the why, as a wanderer, that people see you as a rock star. Because you're literally sacrificing your knowledge and your position in a higher realm, in a higher plane of existence, to come down here and be just as mind-wiped as everyone else. That's why that 99.99999% of all people who do this are in service to others. Because you give up everything that you are. And so people who are in service to self will not come back as wanderers. I can't say that no one ever has. So even Raw will, will say that it's 99.99%. Because there's always that one person that might try it. Right? But they won't, on in general, become wanderers and come back down here. They don't want to have anything to do with that. Why? Because the only reason you would come back down here, if you've already graduated, you lose everything that you gain to graduate. So people in service to self will not do this. They won't sacrifice everything they've already gained to come down here and have to start over and not even know it. And not even know it because they get mind wiped just like everybody else down here. There's no favors. You come in here, you don't know what you've been through and hope that you wake up to remember it. Only us wanderers are doing that. We don't know if we're going to wake up and who knows how many times I was here after I got here the first time that it, how many lifetimes it took me before I woke up enough to remember who I was. Maybe I did it on the first life. Maybe it took me 10. Maybe it took me a hundred lives. Maybe this is the only life I've ever woken up in and realized who I am. 
And I could have been on this planet for 100,000 years. I don't know the answer to that because I'm not looking for the answer to that. Once I realized most of what I know, I don't, I don't really look. And other people are like, do you know what your real name is, what you were going by before you got here? And I'm like, I could look that up. I could probably meditate and figure it out. But it's not that important to me. I have other things to do. I'll know who that is when I punch out of here. I'll become that person instantly. So it's not important for me to, I know that I'm not going to lose that and I'll never know it. So it's not important for me to have to know it. Right? How many lifetimes have you been on this planet? It's a good possibility that if I'm here right now, that this is not the first life I've been here. And there's a good possibility I've been here for 50,000 years or more. Okay. And the fact that everybody that I know that's a wanderer is tired. And we go through that more than the humans do. And we're talking about how tired we are. That tells us that we've been here a long time. And we know it. And that's why we're tired. Because we know we've been here over and over and over and over. We sense that. And that's tiring when you're doing the same thing over and over and over in different aspects and different places on the planet, coming through as men and women and, and, and you know, on the, on the planet over and over. And you're trying to make a, a positive uh, influence for the all to leave behind just to do it all over again and hope that you wake up enough to know that you try to leave positive influence. Because then if you go down that road, you'll go down the road of, I wonder who I was. That's why I laughed and said, when somebody said something about the art of war, I'm like, you know, it's just as plausible that I wrote the art of war 2000 years ago as it is that I didn't. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it, it is, but then on a, on a higher plane, it's 100% plausible because all of us are actually the same on a higher enough uh, place up from this place. So the truth is, I am Jesus, and so are you. I am God, and so are you. I am Lao Tzu, and so are you. I am Mahatma Gandhi, and so are you. Okay? That's the truth of that. Okay, let's continue. The only difference occurs in the spirit complex, which, if it wishes, has an armor of light, if you will which enables it to recognize more clearly that which is not as it would appropriately be desired by the mind-slash-body-slash-spirit complex. This is not more than a bias and cannot be called an understanding. Furthermore, the wanderer is, in its own mind-slash-body-slash-spirit complex, less distorted towards the, shall we say, deviousness of third-density positive-slash-negative confusions. Thus, it often does not recognize as easily as a more negative individual the negative nature of thoughts or beings. So, I'm not yelling, but how do I know? Okay, so let's let's address that, right? That's funny. Um, so let's let's address that. How would you know whether or not you're a wanderer? First of all, if you're here listening to me, there's a good possibility that you are, <laughs> because if you're not and you're and you're just here for the first or second or third time, I'm going to sound completely crazy to you. Okay. Um, however. Let me give you some examples of, of the life of a wanderer. Because it is actually a really good question, right? Let me see how much time we have left here because uh, I do have to get off here soon. Let me finish this because there's only a minute and 10 left. Let me finish this, uh, Denise, and I will answer your question. I will not deviate and forget. Let me just finish the session so we get through it today, okay? 16.60 questioner. Would then the wanderers, as they incarnate here, See, now, now you see why. We're going into wanderers, right? So let me finish this out, and then I'll finish your question and give you the answer. High priority targets, shall we say, of the Orion group. Ra, I am Ra. This is correct. 
16.61 Questioner, and if a wanderer were to be successfully infringed upon, shall I say, by the Orion group, what would happen to this wanderer at the harvest? Ra, I am Ra. If the wanderer entity demonstrated through action a negative orientation towards other selves it would be as we have said before, caught into the planetary vibration and, when harvested, possibly repeat again the master cycle of third density as a planetary entity. This shall be the last full question of this session. Is there a short question we may answer before we close the session? 16.62 Questioner, only just know if the instrument can be any more comfortable? Ra, I am Ra. This instrument is as comfortable as it is possible for you to make it given the weakness distortions of its body complex. You are conscientious. I am R.A. I leave you in the love and the light of the one infinite creator. Go forth, then, rejoicing in the power and the peace of the one creator. Adonai. Okay, so let's go into a wanderer and how do you know if you're a wanderer? Okay, and so there are telltale signs that happen to you in your life. And, and as you're waking up, you will have the same oppositions and the same realizations that, uh, you know, that, about the world. So, so some people will say, well, that, that happens to everybody. Well, it does. So, you know, when you're looking at the world, things aren't right. They don't seem right. You got to get that Neo feel of the matrix and there's something wrong and I don't know what it is. And, and you, and that happens to anyone who starts waking up. Okay. But if you're a wanderer, you have things happen to you that other people don't have happen to you. And you are in your lifetime and you have in your lifetime now. And if you're over the age of like 20, you're already aware of all these issues. Okay. And, and if you look around and you talk to doctors, they'll tell you the same thing, but they won't tell you why. They don't know that, but they say, wow, yeah, you know, this is bizarre. You will have, because your spirit itself, your soul came from a higher vibration and you lowered your vibration to come back into a human body and, and occupied a human body and was born. This human body is designed to house vibrations that have just come from second density, second dimension, and is now in this dimension for the first time. And it's, it's housing as an avatar, the vibration of a soul that is supposed to be in this third dimension and vibrating at the same dimension of vibration and your density is vibrating that coincides with the same octave exactly, the same pattern that you're in. As a wanderer, when you come back down here, there's residuals of your soul because it is from a higher plane. Even though you're coming down into this body and to be conscious again in this body in the third dimension, because you're a wanderer, your intention is to wake up here in some way, albeit even if it is just in a, in a way that makes you to be a positive person, to make a positive effect on these people, that intentions that you have manifest in you, in your reality, in this reality. Like, for instance, like you're saying deja vu, um, you start getting more deja vu than other people. Um, and a lot of times when you're on the right track uh, to waking up, you get more deja vus uh, coming through. This is a higher vibration. The same thing. So what happens is because your soul, your spirit is from a higher plane of existence, trying to exist inside this physical body, the body doesn't understand 
what's going on and it starts to have vibrational issues because your vibration is from a higher uh, vibration. And so what happens is that manifests in the physical way as, as what we call autoimmune problems. You start having issues with like, I have diverticulitis, I have asthma, I have, you know, but asthma could be caused by being on this planet, but you know, I have all these, other, these things going on that are far different than most people. I have sensitivity to light and sensitivity to the sun. And I can't, I can't eat the foods that everyone else eats. And I get, I get, you know, have problems. I gain weight faster than anyone else. And they, science tries to explain all these away by, well, your genetic code says this. And, and then when you say I'm predisposed because of my genetic code, they go, that's bullshit. There's nothing to do with that. Well, you were the one who told me that. So they, so they give you this roundabout argument that says your DNA doesn't have anything to do with it, but your DNA has everything to do with it. Uh, and, and so, so they, they, they give you this, this thing that's both positive and negative, and they give you the, the reason for it. But then they tell you, you have this weird thing. You go and you get tested. I can't figure out what's going on. And they're like, well, you have this or that or this or this or this or this or that or that. And you're getting tested over and over and over and over. And then they tell you you have some rare problem that one in 5 million, one in 10 million, one in 100 million, one in 30 million people get. And you have more than one of those. Well, RH, uh, uh, was that RH negative? That has nothing to do with being a wanderer, but, um, but that, that actually exists on this planet because of, uh, of, of, because of the Patal, because of the wanderers. Um, the, the RH negative, I'm, I'm O negative, type O negative. So I have I have a Rh negative factor in my blood, but that doesn't necessarily mean that only people that have a Rh negative factor are in fact wanderers. That just manifested here, just like for instance, okay, everybody who has type O negative or the negative factor in their blood, whether you're A negative, B negative, AB negative, whatever, um, that negative factor has only been manifest on this earth for ten thousand years. So before that, they, they tried to say that everybody came out of Africa and then they found out there's a population of the planet that doesn't have that. So they've never been. And so they're like, well, uh, let's see why. What happened and how did that happen? Uh, well, if everything came out of Africa, then these people had to have arrived at some point, either prior to Africa, people from Africa going all over the world and they existed and never bred with Africans or they, they came after and, and now they're out on the world. So then they looked around the world and they literally found that the people that have the RH negative uh, factor in your DNA, that your DNA is traced back to the European continent, uh, specifically in Northern and Western Europe. And that the people in that area, when it traces all the way back to a place in Spain, by the way, on the West coast of Spain, that those people that uh, appeared 10,000 years ago and that there is no record that they have found of their DNA anywhere in any body on this earth that is older than that. Okay. So, so that, but that they don't know. And I do, they, they don't know why and when that got here and how it got here. Right. And, and, and they don't have, have figured out an explanation. They just keep saying, we just haven't found a body yet. Eventually we'll find one. Okay. Uh, that's older. And that's possible too, because some of us have been here for a long time, but when the whole entire Patal race got here, um, and the way that works with the time and the temporal war with the past, present, and future, um, that was when it manifested. It's not, they didn't get here 10,000 years ago. It appears that we've been here for 100,000 years, 
Um, but we've only really been here for, for not quite that long, but it's weird the way reality works here. So like um, some people who are wanderers have been here for 10,000 years yet physically, they didn't get here until like say 1940, <laughs> right. Uh, in this timeline. Um, but when you're here, you have to have a past. Uh, right. And, and so the, when the timeline gives you access as well, that's why they want to get boots on the ground because they, the invading army, because they have access to changing the past because they're on this earth now and they're a part of it. And so therefore they're bound by the same laws. So that means you can go forwards and backwards in time. That's the temporal war. So when we got boots on the ground here, we also went backwards in time. Okay. And we're forwards in time. You guys just don't know about it. We don't talk about that very much. And that's part of the temporal war that I don't talk about out loud because it's confusing as hell, even to the people off world. It's confusing to them. And they're at a higher plane of existence. So the people on this planet are having a super hard time with it. They can, you can deal with the past somehow, for some reason, the past doesn't bother you as much as dealing with the future. Or if I try to explain to you how all of that works all at once and how we manifest that, that changes reality for people and they can't figure it out. So, so let's get back to how, you know, you're a wanderer. So wanderer, if you are one, you're going to have always felt like you didn't belong here. And it was, you know, I was an outcast and and I was just, uh, you know, some people are that way anyways, but wanderers, all of them are. You always felt like something was wrong. You always have felt like you were alone. You always have felt like that you had some other calling that was a higher calling, even though you didn't know what that meant. Um, You never fit in when you looked around at other people. You got sunburned when they didn't or. Uh, or you would eat the same food they ate and you got fat, or you would get sick and they wouldn't, and they can eat hot food and you can't, or you can eat all hot food and they can't. There's a cha- there's differences that you see that you know of, of your whole life that you've always seen, but you could never explain it and everybody tried to explain it away for you. Okay? Those things have all been happening to you your entire life. And you feel driven even when you didn't know anything about spirituality, you feel driven to help people. You always have, when you were a kid, you were helpful. You were always helping people that are in service to others are going to be that way anyways. And some people are just that way because they are, but those people generally, you know them and they're nice people and they fit into this world and you know, they do right. You see them and you go, that guy's a great guy and he's an old spirit and and everything he does is just normal for here. But you know that you just don't fit. You don't know why. You've always thought that. That's why the whole thing was written about Neo and how and, and, and that it was supposed to explain more. But when they stole the story from the guy who wrote it, who was, who was awake and was trying to wake everybody up, they then manifested it and morphed it into what it is today, which is completely opposite, almost 100 percent opposite of what he was trying to teach. But they but evil people can't help themselves. They left in certain things on purpose to say, fuck you to the guy they stole the script from. And in doing that, they have to tell some truths to tell you lies. Okay, so they had to give you a part of the matrix that still got people manifesting because it's still 50 50. So they can't change things in a way that it's 100 percent because no one will buy that. If it's 100% evil, no one will watch it because there's no goodness in it. Only evil people will go and see it, and that's only 10% of the population. They won't make any fucking money. So they have to call in 
everyone else to make money off of the movie or book or whatever it is. So they have to give a storyline that is going to interest everyone else and mask it. And this is what they try to do to stop you from waking up as well. Okay. So as a, as a wanderer to know that you are one, all of these things seem foreign to you. But then when people like me start talking, it seems to you like this makes sense. And other people tell you that's crazy. That is insane. People think I'm nuts until they don't. Okay. I thought people who talk like me were nuts until I didn't. And they told me that I would think that they're nuts until I didn't. And I didn't believe them then because I thought they were crazy. Okay. But when you hear someone like me talk, and then you hear somebody who is trying to push you in a negative way, you also sense that. You don't know for sure, but you're not quite sure. And that's why I tell people, don't believe anything that I say. Assume that I am what they say. Assume I'm a demon possessing Leo and I'm trying to lead you to hell. And look into all of that and find out. Because eventually you're going to find out that, that it, you know the other people are doing shit and they're manipulating you. And I never try to manipulate anybody. But they're going to tell you that I try. I'm trying to manipulate you with my words all and everything I say. What am I saying? I'm saying you have free will to decide for yourself what's going on. I'm saying that people use words against you and try to convince you of negative shit. And, and what about that is trying to convince you of, of negative shit to get you to pay me money or, or work for me or be in my harem or, or join my cult? None. I'm not calling for any of that. I'm calling for the opposite of that. I'm calling for you to be self-empowered, for you to, to learn, for you to research on your own, for you. In fact, I even tell you that if I do my job right, you'll go away and not need me. <laughs> will, you hear, will you ever hear them say that to you? No. They might say it to get you to follow them, but somewhere along the line, they're going to change their course and they're going to start forcing you and talking to you in a way that's going to be ordering you by, by proxy. They're either going to be uh, uh, ordering you by uh, reverse uh, psychology, right? Passive aggressiveness or something to get you to, to do something for them. And ever since you've ever listened to me, have I ever done that? No. And if you think that, you probably would have already left, right? So as a wanderer, you see these things and you start gravitating towards people like me. And I'm not the only one out here. There's millions of us, billions of us. Right? Yeah. And so my family did too. My sister, my I have nieces right now and nephews who think I'm crazy. And then I have other nieces and nephews who think I'm brilliant. My own, I have four sisters. My youngest sister, the one that's just above me because all my sisters are older than me. Uh, the one that's just above me, she thought I was crazy until recently. She's like, oh, my God, right? My ex-wife, my first wife, she thought I was crazy. And then I guess it was like a year ago or so, she was listening to somebody's talking or watching something, and she was like, oh, my God, you know, they're saying that's true, and that's the shit that Leonard has been saying, <laughs> right? And then her and her mom were like, oh, my God, maybe he's not as crazy as we thought. He's not. We thought he was out there, and here's these other people. So it, uh, crazy is who you're listening to, right? Or who you hear for the first time. They're crazy. 
uh, and somebody in your family. That's why even Jesus uh, told people that uh, and was told that, that your your own city where you grow up, where you grew up, no one in that city is going to believe that you're the Savior because they knew you when you were a kid. So they, you can't possibly be the, the Savior. Uh, and they teach that, that if you if you try to, your family itself will probably deny you, even if you're just a teacher. Yeah, yeah, he talks all the time, isn't he? He's crazy, doesn't know what he's talking about, says all kinds of outlandish shit. I know him. I knew him when he was a boy. So they, they are familiar with you. That's another reason why they don't want to have family members as doctors work on their kids, because you're invested in them emotionally. And you're not going to be objective, but you also look at them differently than you do anyone else. So you won't be objective. So that's why psychics can't read themselves and psychics can't read their family members because they're too close. Right. What does that have to do with being a wanderer? Uh, and it, it doesn't really a lot, but it does. Right. It's that's that's a, a weird way of, of showing you that. But but they're going to think you're crazy if you do uh, in any way. Start talking awake. Everyone around you as you start to ascend. And if you're a wanderer, you'll wake up faster. Uh, but it's not easy. Right. You guys find people like me and you're like, I wish I was more like you. And my God, I've been working so long. You don't realize I'm I'm going to be 56. This has been my life's work. I was a boy and my father was training me as a child to be awake. So I've literally been doing this since I was like five to be as awake as I am now. Some people wake up super fast and they go from having no clue to being as awake as me in like a couple of years. Other people take their entire life to do so. Okay. And the hardest part is, and it becomes easier when you stop trying. It becomes easier, literally, when you stop trying. So a wanderer will wake up faster, but you know in your heart of hearts that there's something else going on and that you have a higher purpose, but you don't know what it is. And you got to help people and you just know you have to be nice to people and you have to do it. Even if you're not a wanderer you're and you're waking up, you're going to find that out. That'll manifest for you. So that's why I tell people it's not as important to remember if, if or you are or not a wanderer because you everybody is supposed to be in this same club. Some of us are just coming back to try and help people get here faster. But I don't know anything more than you would know if you were in this exact position. Okay, that's not true. But not all wanderers wake up as much as I have. Okay, I could be using the Melchizedek uh, title. So I'm a rarity... And there's a few of us that are this rare. The majority of wanderers don't ever wake up fully to the point of saying, oh, yeah, I am for sure a wanderer. They suspect it when they other when they get onto somebody who's telling them about it. But the truth is that it's not necessary to do so. What's only necessary to do is to make the choice and then stick with it. And if you choose to be evil, go and do that. If you choose to be good, go and do that. So then... Once you do that and you start manifesting that to yourself and then start also helping yourself and take care of yourself, you're going to wake up. And as you wake up and as you become ascend and become uh, higher in vibration, your IQ goes up. You get smarter. That's why they want to keep you stupid because that's why the IQ test is something they want to take. They want to know where you are in that range and they want to keep you in a certain range. And if they can control you, and get control of you if you are of a higher vibration, 
they want to do that and then exploit you before you wake up enough. That's what goodwill hunting was about, by the way, is they want to exploit you before you wake up enough to, to tell them, fuck you, I'm not going to help you anymore. And everyone who wakes up eventually quits working for them unless they're actually evil. But then they can't manifest. They can't create. They can only control and destroy and manipulate. That's part of the way the laws are in the universe. So they have to get a hold of us before we wake up. All people who are in service to others. And if they can find you and that you do have a, a more intelligence when they test you early, then they want to convince you to come to work for them when they can still uh, uh, shape you and keep you from being good without you knowing it and have you work for them as long as they can until they do, until they can't anymore. And then when they can't, then they get rid of you somehow. Do you see? That, so, and that's what happened with Bob Lazar. He woke up and went to tell his friends. I'm working on alien shit for the government and I'm working on these particles and here, look, a UFO is going to fly by. Then the government outed him and said, he's a liar. He made all that up. He's not even real. We don't even know who he is. He doesn't exist. So not only does he, he doesn't work for us, and that's what they said. They, they literally erased his existence and no one, he didn't even, he didn't even go to the schools he went, said he went to. So he's literally, his life disappeared, but he still called himself the same name because that's who he was. And then he reestablished himself and he's still alive to this day. But the government still won't acknowledge. And yet the particle that they discovered, scientists discovered 40 years after he said that he already had it from aliens, they said that they found it. It was exactly the same. Oh, he got lucky and just named it that. Really? Really? That means that it was already named that because people who could, who invent particles, they, so he just in, in, in his mind was smart enough to know that that was the next particle and it took all of the rest of science. And you think the government wouldn't want him working for them? If he claimed that and then they said to other people in the government, is that true? Is there something that he said that might be true? I don't know. I don't have any idea. And then all of a sudden they discovered it uh, uh, all these years later. And yet the government didn't go back to him and say to him, what else do you know? They didn't. Why? Because everything he said was true. And it was justified when they discovered that particle and it was called exactly what he said. Okay. That said to everybody on the planet who was an adult that everything he said in the 80s or 90s, whenever that was, was accurate. Proven. Because the particle that he said was found later, and they said that he was making it up and it was a lie. But yet, when they discovered that particle, it was exactly what he said. And the exact place on the periodic table alone. Well, he just... He must have had a theory. Well, then that means he's smarter than all of you guys. It took all of you guys... 40 years to realize what you guys claim this crazy guy who was making shit up knew. So that means he was smarter than everybody in that industry from that day until the day that they invent, that they discovered the particle. That means he was 40 years ahead of his time. And we could have been 40 years more advanced than we are now if they would have said to him back then, all right, well, we're not saying he did that, but he's got a good theory and we'd like to know about his theory. But they denied all that. And then and what did they do when they found out he was right? Nothing. Why? Because the other shit he said had to have been true. For them to acknowledge that he knew what he was talking about 40 years ago would also have to acknowledge that everything else he said had to have been happening 40 years ago. Do you see? As an adult, you think that way. 
Okay. As a wanderer, you know that that's true. You know that and as somebody who's waking up. So it's not important whether or not you're a wanderer. Okay. But if you are, you're going to have all the signs. And when you look back on your life, you're going to reflect on your life and you're going to see that Jim Carrey, right? I love Jim Carrey. He's very awake. Everyone says he's crazy. Right. Jim Carrey said uh, certain things and people start listening. Right. And, and that's the truth. Jim Carrey, when he's talking, people were like, he's fucking out of his mind. He's crazy. No, he's very, very awake. And he's given up acting and he has all, a whole bunch of money and he's painting now and he's and he's talking to people about everything that's going on. And everyone thinks he's out of his mind. That man is far more awake than 90 percent of the population of this earth. OK, absolutely. One hundred percent. I love Jim Carrey. would love to meet him and sit down and have a conversation with him. And everybody says he's crazy. They say, I'm just as crazy, right? So you're going to get that, Denise. <laughs> uh, and that doesn't have anything to do with one being a wanderer. When you start seeing reality for what it really is, it does sound crazy to those people who are locked into it. Because it's the opposite. It's completely alien to them. And they can't fathom it at all. They, it's so it's alien. And those people who are evil, you are evil to them. But people think you're crazy when you start talking like I'm doing because they literally, it sounds crazy to somebody who's stuck in the mind trap of children because it's literally designed to trap a child. It literally is. But you don't know that until you know about it. And that's why I keep preaching the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. Because once you realize that it is a trap, it's harder for it to trap you. And once that occurs and you become trapped less and less and less, that means what? You become more and more and more awake. And when you become more and more and more awake, you start seeing the trap for what it is. And then eventually, when you become awake enough, you realize you have a responsibility to help. And you want to help the children. And, and But in the interim, all the levels below that are different levels of awakening. And you see those people that are out there and they act like they're completely awake and they think they are. But yet you can still see the ego in them when they start telling you they are somebody they're not. Anybody who says I'm Jesus Christ or I'm Ashtar or I'm Mahatma Gandhi, re, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm somebody else and I'm a reincarnated um, they're on to it, and it's a possibility because it's just as plausible. In fact, it's 100% plausible that you are too. Because when you rise up in a high enough scale, we are all only one. We are all the same. So when somebody gets locked into that and says, no, I am, in fact, Mother Mary. So am I. So is that person and that one, and so is everyone else. That dog and cat is too. The tree over there is Mother Mary and Jesus Christ. That is just as true. But they'll roll their eyes at you and go, oh, sh no, there's levels of stuff. And I'm anybody who has delusions of grandeur and they try to tell you that they're more important. They're still locked into 3D because they're, they're literally using the caste system and trying to put themselves above you. Anyone who tries to put themselves above you in any way in a station. Right that I'm uh, higher up than you, I'm more awake than you, I have better abilities than you, the second you hear someone applying that to you or talking to you that way, they are not 
an adult and they are not completely awake. No matter how much they say to you, if they start telling you how much better they are than you at anything, they're not. That's the same thing as saying, I'm a grown-ass man. I'm a grown-ass woman. A grown-ass man has no need to ever say that. Grown-ass woman has no need to ever say that. But a child doesn't know that, and a child has to prove to themselves and everybody else who they are. I am in charge here. I had a manager of a store tell me that. I am the manager of this entire store. I'm like, I'm not saying you're not. There's nothing in what I was saying to you or talking to you that I was trying to to say that. You know what I mean? I'm like, I never acknowledged or never accused you of not being in charge. <laughs> Why are you saying that to me? Right? And he's like, I am in charge here and you will do what I say. And I'm like, well, my boss, who's actually your boss, told me not to do that without you telling him I was going to do that. And he got mad because I said that to him. But it was true. If I would have done what that guy wanted me to do, my boss would have said to me when he got back, why are you doing that? Well, because he told me to. Well, I told you not to. I know that. So I went by what my boss said because he was the senior. You got to take it up with my boss. I will do this for you, but my boss said that I can't. So you talk to him. If he says for me to do it, I'll do it. And he got mad and tried to get me fired, and he got transferred. <laughs> right? Right. Penny says, my son always says, this is a trap, right? Jobs and, and working for the government. Well, I mean, it, it, everything is, everything is a distraction. Everything is a trap. Every part of this reality is a trap. Every part of it is a trap. It's designed. Every part of it, well, looking at trees uh, is designed for you to see the trees and solidify yourself in this reality. Feeling the wind on your face, all of that is designed for you to do that. But it's not. But you're, you, it's it's not saying you have to ignore everything. You're supposed to experience all this, and feel the beauty of it and the majesty of it. But you're also supposed to realize that this is a creation uh, of, of that you're existing in, and and be able to move above that. Well, that doesn't mean you can't then appreciate it. You can actually appreciate it more. When you realize that, and that's why I try to show you with that 30-second meditation, when you're looking at a sunrise or a sunset or when I have you focusing on your breath, that you're not thinking in any way. You're not worried about your life. You're not worried about what's going on. What do I got to get at the store? What do I got to do tomorrow? You know, you know, and you're not thinking of any of that. You're not, I'm, I'm not as good as that guy over there at that, or I'm, I'm better than those people. None of the ego in the mind is, is reaching you there. And you're like, wow, look at the water. Look at the, the sun on the water and it's going down. Look at that beautiful sunset. Look at that beautiful sunrise. Wow, that's magnificent. Look at that beautiful painting. You're standing in a museum. Do you see the, the experience of experiencing these things is worth it? So I tell people, you have a chance to go and see certain things. I went to the Grand Canyon. I'd love to go back. Uh, and I went to the Grand Canyon, and I have pictures, and I'm still in awe, and I remember what it felt like to be there and smell the air and uh, and to sense the Grand Canyon and how big it was, a mile deep and a mile across. And, oh, my, the majesty of that. And, uh, and you know what I mean? And there's other places around the world that are the same, and I don't, I don't suggest that you don't go and see those things. And, and, then, and then say, well, those are only there to trap me. That's only negative thinking. The truth is they're also very, very beautiful. And they're there to actually help you to manifest your reality 
And the same thing with television. It's, it's everything's 50-50. So if you're looking for negative, you're going to see negative. If you're only looking and focusing on the negative, you'll see that in everything. You won't see the positive. So you have to be aware of the trap. That's the first step in avoiding it. And see that it's happening and don't let it affect you. But also you're, you have to train yourself to also find the good in everything and everyone. That's part of your ascension. When you start doing that, you'll realize that you'll ascend a lot faster than just going, look at that negative shit that they're saying on that program. Look what they just said on the news. And that's all just a plot from the government. The more you focus like that, you're only focusing on the negative. It's true. I'm not saying that what you're saying isn't true. It is, right? And you know that. I know that. We all know that. But to manifest only that, oh, we got to do something about them. Well, you're not coming up with any solutions. You're just steaming over the fact that they're tricking us. And so you're only seeing the negative. You're not seeing that in that same message is a positive. Because in all lies is truth. Okay? So there is truth in everything. And there is a flip side. Okay? For an example, this woman here in the United States, I'm sure you know about her, that teacher who went ballistic on these kids, karma. She went ballistic on these kids because they were uh, standing with a booth giving out paraphernalia on uh, pro-life. And she claimed that that was violence against her. And she got all mad and she's tossing everything off the table and yelling at these kids and scared the hell out of them. You can see the video. They're scared to death and they don't know what to do. And they're just sitting there looking at her like, oh, my God, this lady's crazy. And, and then she walks away. Well, then that went viral. So because of that, the news agency showed up at her door. She didn't know who that news agency was. She couldn't have. Right. It wasn't like five news agencies showed up and they were the some of the ones that were there to say that she was the best person on the planet. And then the one that showed up that was wasn't from Fox. OK. And then so they knocked on the door and said, hi, can we talk to you? And she came out with a machete and held it up to the guy's neck and said, get out of here. And you hear the guy on the, on the cameraman go, we need let's just go. So now they're leaving. And she comes down and chases them down the street. They're running away. And it's also on camera. And she's got the machete and she's chasing them now. So obviously this person, <laughs> there was something wrong in this person's mind. Right. So so she literally was if you take the stance of, well, how dare they, those pro-lifers, how dare they stand there and do that? I agree. That's violence. With it. What did she do? She was more violent. Every act she did was violence against people who were not trying to be in any way violent. And she was claiming that they were being violent to her. And she's the one that pulled a weapon and tried to assault someone and kill them with a weapon. And then she's gone to jail for it, lost her job. Do you see? My point is she was indoctrinated by the negative thought processes, programmed to think a certain way and programmed to have uh, a, a issue and trigger. It's OK to have that uh, that stance. I'm not saying that it was wrong. Her stance was wrong. Her stance is completely within her right to have. And so were those kids. But the fact of acting aggressively and tossing their shit around was bad enough. Because you're supposed to be a teacher, and you are at that college. And what are you doing to the people that are paying money to be at that college and that their parents and everyone else is paying your wage? You're attacking them for their ideology when you should be saying, I don't agree with what you say. I don't agree with this. And But that's it. After that, 
it's pointless because they have their point of view, but she's not respecting their point of view and she's going, going crazy on it. And, and that was bad enough. But then when somebody came to talk to her to get her, even if they were there to get her side, I don't know why they were there. They were there to talk to her, probably asked her what was going on. Did they ask the kids? We don't know. I didn't see anything from them. So it wasn't like the, the guys went to go and to have the kids give them uh, what was going on so they could say this lady was crazy. They went to go get her side of the story and she pulled the knife with some machete and held it to the guy's throat. That's that's showing that there's there's something wrong with her. And then they said, let's get out of here. And she went in and closed the door and they left and went outside and she came running outside chasing them on camera. Did they then stay outside and start interviewing people? Maybe. I don't know. But even if they did, then she thought the answer was to come and chase them with a machete. They're now in public. Do you see my point? So there was something in her programming that made her do those things and then lash out. So either she had something emotional going on in her life. I don't know. I don't know what was wrong with her. But I'm telling you that none of that's right. Okay. To react the way she did and escalate the way she did is not a right way to think. Even if I agree with her, which I don't, but even if I agreed with her that those kids shouldn't have been there, well, why? Because they have an opinion that's opposite of yours? What if they thought that about her and took a machete and went after her? Is it okay? Do you see? So the same people who would be saying, good, chase those guys away with that machete. If that happened to them, they'd be calling the cops. Oh, my God, they tried to kill me. Get them. No, no, you said that was okay last week. So now why are all of a sudden it's different? Oh, it was because it was me. See, that's what happens. That's what's going on in Chicago now, right? The people in Chicago, the government in Chicago, the city government said, we're a sanctuary city. We will accept anybody that comes up here from across the border. We don't care. So the, the governor of Texas said, they said they're, they want people up there. We have too many down here. Bust them to Chicago. And now they're up there going, and then they're sending all these people up here. They're evil. Like you guys said, you were a sanctuary city, that you would take care of these people. Well, they have too many, so they had to send them somewhere, so they sent them to you. They just did it because it was politics. Who cares whether they did it because it was politics? You said you want to take care of them. And now you're, you don't know what to do with these people, and you're mad because they sent them to you. So you're the one who said it. If you would have never said, I, we're a sanctuary city, and we, should, we will take care of anybody, and we're not going to deport anybody. And then when somebody sends them to you, you get mad? And say, well, they shouldn't have sent them to me because they just did it because they're on the other side of my religion. Well, it doesn't matter if you if you that's like here. I say I'm in California and California governor says that they're the same. I'm like, send people to Sacramento. That's five miles from where I'm sitting. So that would affect me. Send bus loads of people to Sacramento because they're claiming a sanctuary city. I want to see a thousand Mexicans there tomorrow. Because that's the only way these people who were acting that way are going to change their minds. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have people come across the border. I'm not saying I, I, I'm the son of immigrants. I am a bloodline of immigrants. My people came here, and, and I don't know if they came here legally or illegally. Okay? So I don't know if my people paid their way to come here and went through Ellis Island or not. Because my, my, uh, my grandparents showed up in Boston. So I don't know if they came through New York and went to Boston or if they showed up in Boston. I, have, I hear tell that one relative went into Canada and came across the Canadian border on foot and came to the United States. But I don't know. That was on my grandmother's side. I don't know how that went either. 
Okay. So I, I, I just know that I'm Irish and we came here from Ireland. And I know that we were fleeing from, from tyranny in Ireland when we got here. So I am no different than the people that are coming across the border. And I've always said that, and I've pissed off people that are on that conservative side, because like Ronald Reagan, who was a conservative, who was a Democrat before he became a conservative to become the president, you got to think about well, how that happens too, by the way. Governor of California as a Democrat flips parties and gets elected president. So the people in the Republican Party nominated him and elected him as the president of the United States and had him for two terms as a Republican when his entire life prior to that, he was a Democrat. What? Was that when the Democratic Party flipped and what the Democrats stood for were what the Republicans stood for? That's what's happening now, right? Or did it matter? And it just had to do with who they needed in charge at the time, what political party, because they were all on really on the same side, Right. So you got to wonder that. But my point here is those people are all, they are fleeing from a place that's bad and they're trying to get to a place where they have a better chance. And I said at the time, put them all on the payroll. I say this now, people get mad at me. And they're like, what the hell? And I'm like, listen, when Reagan did it, everybody got mad at him. But you know what it did? It means that if you take all these people now and you just give them amnesty and you give them all uh, uh, identification and you make them all citizens, that means you issue them all a social security number and they can't work under the table anymore and they have to get a living wage. The reason that they won't do that, even though the Democrats call for it, they won't really do it either, but they will call for it. It's because they don't want them. That's the slave labor. They don't want them on the payroll getting paid what lazy Americans get paid. They want to be able to pay them half the pay in cash. So they're not paying for benefits. They're not paying for overtime. They're not paying for medical. They're not paying for any insurance on them. That costs a company a lot of money. So the government's not making any taxes off of them, but the rich people are getting richer off of them, which is what the government really wants anyways. Because they're getting cheap labor and they're making more money, more overhead. So if you were to put all these people on the payroll, they all of a sudden will get paid whatever the minimum wage is now, $12, $14, $17 an hour. And they don't make as much money at $17 an hour as what they're getting paid cash because now 27% of their paycheck goes to taxes. So they're really only their take home is only $8 an hour. So they don't even really want to be on the, in the system. They just want to be able to come here and work for cash because there's no taxes they don't pay any taxes in the state or they do at the, at, the, at the register, but they don't pay any federal taxes and they're not losing any money for Social Security and, and disability, short term, long term and, and 401k and everything else. That their, uh, their insurance that they're paying for, for their health insurance, they get all that provided to them for free and they're making a fuck ton of money working for cash. So they don't really want to be citizens either. They just want to be left alone to continue doing what they're doing. They're willing to be the slaves. Because they know they're actually getting paid more money than you are. Because their take home is, is more than yours. And they don't owe any money to the king. The government and all the politicians don't want to change that either. They tell you they do, but they do nothing. I've witnessed them my entire life talk about abortion and, and uh, the border. And no one has ever done anything. They just take turns being pissed off about it. When they need money. Okay. And that's all. So you have to, that's the part of the, the trap you have to realize is happening. Is that, that that's a religion. 
And that religion is bigger and more encompassing than the reach of the other religion, or it is just as reachful, but most people don't notice it when you are a part of a Christian or Muslim or a, or a Jew or a whatever. Uh, you don't realize how encompassing that religion is until, until you realize that the religion that is government, business, money, power, control, caste system, and you're like, well, that's everything. Well, it is because they've taken control of everything, right? And, and so I always ask everybody to think about this. Why do you see a certain group of people that are usually non-religious uh, uh, say there should be a separation of church and state? Because state is the religion of evil. Church is the religion of good. That's why they, they don't want that religion telling their religion how to run itself. But they're telling the other religion how to run itself. That's the first step of avoid, avoiding that trap. It's knowing that it exists. Okay, But to manifest it by only seeing the negative and focusing on it and constantly pointing it out, like I've been doing mostly in this show. So a lot of people are going to hear this episode as, as both parts of this episode as a negative. A lot of people are going to say that. I'm probably going to get a lot of feedback from very awoke people. Do you notice I didn't say awake people? I said awoke people. <laughs> I'm going to get a lot of feedback from people who think they're awake and they're going to be scolding me for um, uh, for uh, for focusing on the negative. Uh, but I'm not. I'm showing you the trap. Do you see? All right, I got to go. I love you guys. Um, even though there was a 20-minute gap, I've still been on here two hours and 30 minutes and an hour there. So three three hours and 30 minutes. On the air, I didn't plan on going that long, but I, I wanted to explain that. So, Denise, if you're still here, I, I'm not looking at the other chat because your name didn't come up to see if you actually are still in the audience. Um, you know, to answer your question as best I can, you'll know because the signs are there and you already kind of know it or think it. But the truth is, it's not ex exactly that important to know. What's more important is to know, am I a good soul? Am I in service to all? Or am I a bad soul and I'm in service to others? Either way, the truth is, even if you're evil, eventually you will repent your ways because you can only get so far and you can't get higher. I know that that's foreign to people who are evil and they don't want to believe me. And I'm okay with that because I know the truth. So eventually I know what you were created for and I know why you have the abilities that you have. So people that are evil, the truth is there is no right and wrong. Uh, and the people, that's where I get a lot of kickback uh, from and ridicule from the other side, from the, the people in the churches, because how dare you say that? That's just not true. You're going to go to hell. You must be a demon. Uh, and those people are, they're very woke. And that's why they're saying that about me. Because if they were objective about this reality and what it meant, and saw the signs in their own religions that were showing them that, because their own religions have symbols that are that are showing you that it is a mathematical equation, that it is two sides of the same coin, that is both energies of the same vibration, and that they are absolutely 100% necessary for your growth. They wouldn't be telling me that it's a there's a you know that's the opposition opposing sides and we have to fight them, because that's 3D thinking and that's the opposite of what you're supposed to do. That's what Jesus was trying to teach when he was saying turn the other cheek. He wasn't talking about in the physical turn the other cheek physically. It was esoteric. He was telling you that in a spiritual sense. In the physical sense, you don't let anybody big kick your ass. Fight for your life and defend yourself. Unless you're wanting you to become a martyr. 
Otherwise, you defend yourself. But in the spiritual sense, you win by not attacking. And that's why Mahatma Gandhi was teaching that in the physical, because he knew that everything in the physical manifests in the in the spiritual. So if you start teaching yourself in the physical uh, manifestation to not be aggressive and warlike and violent, then then if that's your soul and it fits for you, right, then you would. I'm far less violent now. I grew up learning how to fight weapons, physical combat my entire life. I can use every goddamn weapon on this earth. I can create nuclear weapons. I can make every weapon on this planet you have ever heard of and some that you don't even know exists. I was taught to do this. I went to school and had a license okay, to do this. Registered. Still registered. I'm just not licensed anymore. Still registered by the federal government of the United States of America and worldwide databases that I know how to make every kind of bomb you've ever heard of or every kind of nerve agent you've ever heard of. I just can't make viruses. But I bet I could, with the knowledge I have, I bet I could actually figure that out too. It wouldn't take much more of the chemistry that I already know. But my point is I don't. Why? Because I'm not that person. But there was a time when I needed to have that knowledge because of what I did. Not because I was killing people with it, right? But I also learned to defend myself so that people couldn't just murder me because I, I was sneaking into places and blowing shit up and doing things like that. But that but the majority of what I was doing was propaganda, far more than the physical violence. But I needed to make sure that I knew how to do that stuff so that if people couldn't just take me out, right? Because that's, that's part of the spy craft. So... But my point here is that the being passive and being that way to a fault will get your ass kicked. But if not, and you can do that and not be violent and not teach violence, then that downplays all the violence. What happens is that teaches everybody to be less violent. If I'm less violent, you're be the change. This is what Mahatma Gandhi said. Be the change you want to see in the world. So literally, if I become less violent and I don't have that attitude and I'm not violent outwardly, around everybody, then everybody around me is not going to be on edge and worry about me being violent. So that's what does that do? That de-escalates everybody around me. So if my whole family is afraid of me, that means because I'm beating people up in front of them or threatening them. So then they have to worry about that. That causes negative uh, output. So it's in everything in our manifestation is my point of what Ra was saying, that what you portray as yourself and not worry about what people see you as. Pay attention to that so you know what they see you as, who, who, right? Just so that you know that because you have an idea of what you think everyone sees you as and what you see yourself as, but that's not necessarily what other people see you as. But don't obsess on it and worry about that image and try to become what you want them to see you as because now you're trying so hard, they're gonna see through that and they're going to see that you're trying too hard, and then they're not going to see you for what you want to be. So I'm just me. And I've been trying to teach people this my whole life, that people are like, don't you care what other people think about you? And I'm like, no, I don't. I really don't. My life doesn't change. Well, what if they were in charge? Okay, now we're talking what ifs. Now it's now it's just a, a fable. You just made it up. If that person was in charge, then I would have to kiss their ass because they're in charge and they're paying me money. I would then kiss their ass long enough to find a job where I didn't have to kiss their ass anymore. 
I would eliminate them because they're annoying. Right? So they're not in charge. Most people will act like they are. What gives you the right to do that? What gives you the right to think you have the right to ask me that? <laughs> I don't have to answer to you. You're not, not anybody. You're just another human on this planet. You don't mean anything more than I do. Right? So who are you to ask me? Who am I? Who do you think you are? Who do you think I am? Because <laughs> you, the way you're talking, you've already made up your mind of who you think I am because you're saying it that way. Who do you think you are? Right? I remember when, when my sister came over one time and, and I get obsessed with my teeth. Right now they're a little dingy, but I usually get obsessed with them and I, I'll go and floss, then I'll brush, then I'll floss, then I'll brush, then I'll mouthwash. And I swear. And I do this after every meal. And, and when I do that, my teeth got white, really white one time when I was doing that obsessively. And my sister walked in and looked at me and she didn't say, wow, how come your teeth are white? So how come your teeth are so white? She said, how come your teeth are so white? <laughs> right? So you see the difference in how I said that? There's an implication in that sentence. The first one's a question. Wow, how come your teeth are so white? Like, what are you doing to make your teeth white? But that's not what she said. It's not how she said it. She said, how come your teeth are so white? Like, I, I don't understand why my teeth aren't that white. How come your teeth get to be that white and mine don't? That's not what she said, but that's how it comes across. Do you see? I went, to, I went to school to become a leader, and we're literally taught it's not what you say, it's what they hear. Okay? To be aware of that. So I'm very aware of what I say and thinking about what it is that you guys hear me say. That's why I get very descriptive and I talk in parables. So that way, one of the ways I say the message to you, you get in the way I'm trying for you to get that way. Do you see? So if I just say something once and move on, there's a good possibility that only one quarter or less of the population of the earth that happens to hear me speak is actually going to get the message I was trying to get across. Right? Until... And if or unless the people are very awake. And if that's the case, then they'll get it the first time. And that's where I run into a problem with speaking in parables and losing some people because they're like, my God, this guy goes all over the place. And he's talking and, and going in circles, keeps saying the same shit over and over. That's because they're awake enough to know that those people I don't, I'm not looking for. So if they leave, I'm OK with it because they don't need to hear what I'm saying. Because I'm preaching to the choir to them. They already get everything that I know because they already know everything that I know. And I'm okay with that. I don't get annoyed with that. That's the difference between me. When people go, you know, you only got like three people live. You're right. But I had three people listening to me. That means there were three other humans out there that wanted to hear what I had to say. I was making a difference to those three other humans. And how, what do they affect from that? Well, you're not going to ever get rich at that. Well, this, here's the difference. What's my motivation to do what I'm doing? Do you think I'm doing this because I want to get rich? Because if I was, I would be, I would definitely be doing steroids again and be in the shape that I was when I weighed 275 pounds and had like a 6% body fat and I'd be wearing a Speedo and I'd be filming my penis and my ass and my muscles all the time and I'd be selling products while doing it and coming up with get-rich-quick schemes that I can talk about while showing off my body, and I'd have pretty women standing around me. And you know what? I'd have probably a million clicks and a million followers. 
and people would want to have me on their shows and have me in there. In it. But you know what? What is that doing for the betterment of this of the entire human existence on this earth in a spiritual way? Nothing. Nothing. It's selling a product for somebody and using my body to do it to get money for myself and for other people. And that's it. Not for the betterment of everyone on the earth. But me affecting the people who hear me and working, I work with far more people off camera than I do here talking to you guys all day, every day, honestly. <laughs> and, but I do that as well. So I'm affecting you in a way. And then you take this back in your life and, and it affects you in some way so that you're affecting people around you, whether they think you're crazy or not, doesn't matter. And, and you're projecting on them and the rest of the world, a, a better you. And am, I, and, and am I taking responsibility for that? No, because you're here. You chose to be here to listen to what I'm saying to you right now. Because you're choosing to go down that road and listen to see if I'm going to give you something to help you to better yourself. And you, by bettering yourself, it, that's why I'm doing it. Because by me bettering myself, I'm helping you. And by, by me helping you, you're helping me better myself. And then you're doing it to everyone around you. So I'm the I'm the drop of water or the or the stone falling in the pond or the ocean. And my ripple is going out and it's affecting your ripple as your ripple is coming to affect me. And, and I affect you and change your the course of your life. And your ripple changes the course of my life. And we both uh, affect everybody that's close to us by our ripples rippling out to them. Do you see how that works? So when people say to me, you don't care that you, what if you had nobody? I'm like, now we're talking hypotheticals again, <laughs> right? Hypotheticals are good for fun just to play around with. If there was nobody listening to me, I would still sit here and talk as if everyone was listening to me. No different. I just wouldn't have people asking me questions. Okay. And so that people online wouldn't know the difference. The ones who are listening to me on the MP3 broadcast, because I'd be speaking directly to you guys out there on the planet about what I'm talking about. And some people do that when, even though there's people, I've been on shows where they're talking the entire time and people are asking questions and talking in the chat and nobody, I'm like, why do you guys even have a chat? I'm thinking that. Why do you guys even have a chat? You're not even addressing anyone in the chat and you're just talking. Why even have a chat there, right? And I know that they do that so that people can engage one another and they stay in the in the uh, audience longer. But they're not even engaging the chat. So they're they're doing that for the pure purpose of, of, of themselves talking. They don't want an interaction because they don't, they're not trying to teach you anything. They think they are and they're telling themselves that. But the truth is they don't want your interaction or they would be interacting with you. So they don't want you to they want to get their point across. They have a message they're trying to say and you can't interrupt them by asking about it. And that's why those people do that. And there's a lot of people out there. Most of the people that are out there don't take questions. Those are people that are not guides. Those are people that are not teachers. Those are people that are trying to get likes, clicks, and get money and get paid. They don't care about your questions. They want to either ask the questions or give the answers or both. And that's all. And that's when you hear people talk about that when they, they just want to hear themselves talk. That, that's those people. I'm not that person. If I was, I wouldn't be broadcasting on here and then putting on the MP3 file. I would be just broadcasting live on the MP3 platforms. Because then I wouldn't be taking any questions. And I would just be telling people what I want them to hear. That's not what I want because I want to learn too. 
So I want your guys' input. I want you to, to question me so that I have to come up with an answer. So I have to think about it. And I and I look at things from your perspective and I try to answer you, which means I have to work at that and I have to be genuine. Do you see? I have to be genuine because the people on television are reading a script. All the on every channel, every news channel you see, there's nobody on there that's live that it, even when they're live, they're reading a script. There's some people that do that live and they'll tell you that. Like, like if you watch um, Sean Hannity, he has a radio show and he has a script on there where they have ideas of what they're going to talk about for the day, but he's not reading 100% off of the script and he does take questions. But when he's on his, on his show, they've got, he's, he's reading off of a script until he, had, until he has interaction with other people. But even then the questions are already, either he either already wrote them for himself or the producers did. And then he's, he's asking the questions and then the people answer and they're only on for like 30 seconds to five minutes and then they move on. But all of that, 99% of everyone who talks on the news is literally reading a teleprompter that someone else wrote. I'm not that guy. I literally occupy air. I've been on the air now for three hours. So four hours, I've been occupying the air speaking the entire time from my mind and my own heart without something written in front of me. I'm using raw talking about certain things to for, for me to then expand on. I don't need that. You know that. I mean, how long have I been talking now without having raw? I don't need that. But I'm using that platform to also back up what I'm saying by saying, look, and here's this guy that came through channeling 40 years ago, this whole entire hive mind species. And, and I'm actually trying to validate them at the same time by saying, look, they were very awake and this is how I know. And here's the proof that we didn't know that then. Couldn't have. And yet they're saying things then that we're waking up to now, which means that validates them. And us, because here 40 years ago, people were saying, well, you just know it, Leo, because you read it. No, I never read the law of one until I was speaking it and didn't know it. I learned, I read the law of one in 2017. I was already seeing it, talking the way I am now my entire life until somebody, till Josie, till Josie said, Leo, that's the law of one. Have you ever read the law of one? Like, well, I don't even know what that is. She's like, you need to read the law of one. I'm like, I don't know what that is. So she gave me a link. And I said, I'll have to take a look at it afterwards. But she had also given me a link to David Wilcock uh, that he was talking, but she didn't realize that he was talking about the law of one. And I turned and started watching him and he mentioned the law of one. And then I said, wow, you sent me that thing. And he talked about the law of one. She goes, I didn't know he did that in there. Well, did you know? And she told me that he actually lived with Carla and Dawn. And I was like, Really? And yes, he actually lived with that. I was like, no way. And so then I looked that up. And then I started watching the, the Law of One, uh, read the books, and then said, I got to talk about this. Not because of, the, because of what they said in there was enlightening to me, and I learned from them, and now I'm, I'm only regurgitating what I learned from the Law of One. Everything, there was, there was a, a, some things I learned in the Law of One, but 99% of everything that was learned in the Law of One that I read, I already knew and went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I knew all this and didn't know it. Literally was writing a book called The Way before I even heard and found out that there was a book called The Way, the Tao Te Ching, that was written in 634 BCE. What? I didn't even know that. So then I read that. And then I was like, well, I can't call my book The Way. There's already a book from from, uh, 2,000 years ago, two and a half thousand years ago called The Way. And then I looked it up. There's many books called that. But then again, I looked up Orion Rising and there's like 42 books called Orion Rising. And none of them are dealing with the fact of why I wrote it and called it that. 
I call it Orion rising one, because I'm from there. And two, because many of the people of this earth are from Orion and three, because there's so many things on this earth that have manifest here in the physical that are showing us uh, about Orion. Why? And then there's the law of one telling us about these people that came from Orion that tried to conquer us. And these other people that came from Orion called raw, who are telling us about it, that they also came from Orion and they're here to help. And then I find out that I'm from Orion and I came with these people that have come here and help. But then I made this connection and went, wait a minute. So if the people that I'm with, are they the same people that came here chasing those people that Raw's talking about? So then I go to the people off world that are in that coalition. They're like, yeah, that's you. That's us. And I'm like, you mean to tell me that all this time I didn't realize that I was with those? Yeah. And then I come back and I start telling people that and they think I'm crazy. And then other people wake up and go, dude, did you know that we're part of it? And I'm like, yeah, I knew that. And they're like, you knew that. Why didn't you tell me? Because I couldn't. And that's where we're at. Okay. And when people wake up, they all of a sudden go, did you know this? And did you know that? Yeah, welcome. Here's your oracle. You sit here next to Snorri. And when that kid, watch that kid up there, and he has those things. And when he beats the drum, you row and then stay in motion with everybody else. And we all get out of here. Right. I know that's a funny Viking analogy, right? Rowing Greek Viking analogy, but true. Okay. I got to go now. It's late. I got to cook dinner. All right. I love you guys. Have a great weekend. I'll see you guys next week. Um, I apologize for the intermission. Uh, some of you don't know about it. Most of you might, if you're listening on um, in, in rerun, you'll go, why was there an episode and then another episode listed as part two, right? So, all right, I love you guys. Have a great night. Have a great weekend. I will see you guys next week.